Yeah. All right. I'm uh, so four seventy six. You say? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I don't say it. Reality says it. Okay. Whatever that is. You may not like it, but it's still reality. It's true. It's the best one we've got. <laughs> That's right. It's not just good. It's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> well, might, there might be other realities. We don't know. We don't know. That's true. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll check in on that. There may be other, but we don't have them, so that's the only one we have. Yeah, fair enough. There may be lots of different realities. Mm-hmm. The people will sell them, and it'll be called Reality Estate. <laughs> Sneaky Dragon, I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And it sounded in the background like I could hear the heartbeat of an octopus. It, on, uh, in, on my side of things? Uh, just in my, in my ears, I'm hearing Oh, that. okay. Which, again, I don't think a, an octopus has a heart. Maybe it does. Yeah, it probably does. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, yeah, it would. Is it my heater? I don't know, but I'm just hearing a little blurbity blurb blurb blurb. Maybe it's on your end. Yeah, it could very well be. Or it could just be a brain disorder. <laughs> you shouldn't have miked your stomach. Yeah, this was a mistake. That, oh, was... that is a mistake. <laughs> was... Oh, boy. That's not where the lavalier a... mic goes. Yeah, do you ever put a, a stethoscope to your stomach and listen? <laughs> oh, it's a madhouse down there. I have not done that. Yeah. Uh, an octopus has a heart. Okay, that's good to know. That what is good to know. To? You know what? Uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm Mr. You know, does an octopus have a heart? No, it's got three hearts. What a pig. Yeah, it's got three hearts. How many brains do you think it's got? Oh, with that many hearts, it has to have at least two brains. You would think so, but even, like that's a Steve Martin amount of brains. <laughs> okay, I was going to mix him up with an octopus. An octopus has yeah. nine brains. Yeah. One, for each, one for each tentacle. One for each yeah. tentacle. And one for? It's eyes. Sure, why not? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else the brain would be for. The one else is for uh, solving problems. Walks into a room and goes, "What am I doing here?" It's like, <laughs> "Where are my nine brains this morning?" <laughs> oh, I can't even focus. <laughs> but yeah, it's got nine brains. It's got three hearts, and it's got blue blood. Wow, it got up on the wrong side of the garden this morning. Yeah. Oh, that's really uh, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, but you know, it's how come not- Ringo didn't include these this this these fantastic facts in his song about octopuses? Yeah, yeah, smarten up. Come on, Beatles. You know what? Uh, how about, okay, uh, the hagfish. Okay. The hag, hagfish. Yep. Okay. Uh, how many hearts do you think a hagfish has? I'm going to say that it has a half of a heart. That is very close to, not even close to right. <laughs> That's uh, technically seven. Wow. Yeah, it's got, um, it's got, but some well, are full one... hearts and some are accessory Oh, okay. Kind of I thought it was one for each penis. Ugh, I don't. I, ooh, I don't like that at all. No, I don't like that at all. So, uh, so, so we're not even going to strike. Strike that from the record. Yes, please do. Uh, <laughs> uh, strike it from the record. I think squids also have three hearts, but I don't want to get too into that. Anyway, that's your trivia uh, for today. Pub quiz trivia for the day for anyone who's taking a pub quiz. Yeah, aqua trivia. I did uh, Eric Fell, our friend Eric Fell's. Um, uh, online talk show laser chat yesterday and uh, he got me again with his Transformers trivia <laughs> you couldn't answer the trivia no I'm sorry I was no, going to listen to your show and then I, I 
I will be honest, and I, I forgot it was on, even though I looked only a mere hour before it was on, and I was looking at at Twitter, and there it was, and then I went into the shop, and then I forgot. That is okay. That's how dumb I am. That is okay. Our friend, uh, our friend Nina Matsumoto listened, and she she enjoyed it, so that's fine. We had at that's least good. Well, it's it's available. Dragon. It's available. Uh, uh, you can watch it after it's done. Yes, you can, but that's not real. That's not <laughs> it's still, real. It's still that's real. Not, that's not reality. It's We're real to me. Show. It's real to yeah. me. Yeah, it's. Uh, but the There's show no isn't risk. reality either, right? It's supposed to take place in the future. That's true. Which I guess you are listening to it in the future, so yeah, that does make sense. I'm so following the, the spirit of the show. Yeah, uh, what he does is he lists different transformers. Okay, and you go know, like you know what's a what's a real transformer? Uh, you know, lube or you know. <laughs> Astro Glide, yeah, or all these other ones, and uh, and then you got to guess which one's not the real one. Okay, and, uh, okay. I, I always get, I always guess the the wrong one. Always. Do you? Here we, are you upset about that? Do you consider yourself something of a Transformers uh, uh, aficionado? Aficionado, uh, a bit of a gourmand for the of Transformers. A era, yes, and then it gets into like basically once their heads came off and made other little robots, I'm done. Once they became headmasters, forget it. Um, forget it. Uh, but, uh, you know, when there was only, um, uh, the Constructicons forming, uh, uh, Voltroning into, you know, a thing, then I'm on board. I got it. But then they get the protective bots and the whatever. Eh, it's too much. It's all too much. I can't memorize all of those. And yeah, he gets some real obscure ones. But I thought, uh, the one that wasn't real was wide load. Because I thought, like, well, I don't remember a bunch of fat jokes on the uh, Transformers, and there's no way sure. you're going to have a character called Wide Load and not have those. Yeah. But they didn't, and there was, and uh, good for a Wide Load. That's funny, because that's all I remember about that show. It's Wide Load? It's just fat jokes. Yeah, it's all Wide Load. Wide, wide load. I didn't. Transformers, G.I. Joe, they all fall under a TV shows I didn't like because they, they took Funorama off the air, so... <laughs> They stopped playing the the classic cartoons in order so they could play these toy commercials for for kids, and I just I resented it greatly as a teenager. I uh, I really do try and hunt down every so often the uh, opening title uh, title sequences to Funorama, which was a cartoon. Yeah, it's basically what it was. Was it took old cartoons yep. and they just packaged them together, but they had like a you know a snazzy kind of little uh, simple opening. And it's, it was the same show, basically, as another show called Frisky Frolics. It was Frisky, Frisky Frolics. Frolics was the morning version. Right. And then Funorama, Funorama was Rama. the afternoon. That's and right. And Frisky Frolics had the uh, Bonzo. Uh, they had Jollity the Farm. Yeah, Jollity Farm. Farm. Yeah. And uh, Funorama <laughs> had the same theme song <laughs> as a TV show that I worked on called Switchback. Oh. And I don't know what the song was, huh. but they both had the same. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I could Shazam it and find out. Because um, mm-hmm. that's the era we live in now. Yeah. But uh, they both use the exact same uh, thing. So, so yeah, there. And that's where we'd watch our cartoons. And it was uh, cartoons, many cartoons you would never see now for various reasons. I wonder if it was library music that they used. Well, why like would the, the Bonzos be library music? Well, the bon- yeah, I always wondered about the Bonzos. I feel like you could use the Bonzos without any repercussions because no one would be would care or be bothering yeah, to search. Uh, so you'd say it'd be something like maybe, I don't know, someone a podcast would do now. Yeah, yeah. You'd just assume that no you'd one assume, yeah. no one in a band is going to care if you use their theme song for, for nine years. Because yeah. they would never care. Yeah, yeah. They would, be, they would be, uh, be nice about it and they would never sue you even though they could. 
they could, that's what def- you're saying. Definitely could. Well, oh, completely. I mean, yeah, yeah, they could. I mean, them. Well, you can sue them. <laughs> well, yeah, careful what you're saying there. You made it sound like we might be doing that, but that would oh, be false. Not. Why would I say that? We like, have and, been. And we definitely yeah. would not use the same song twice for two podcasts. No, I would never do that. I would feel like that would be stretching a point. Really you know, yeah, yeah, really. Like, uh, no, that has never happened anywhere here. Nor, nor will it, nor should it, nor can it. Anyway, back to uh, <laughs> saying can it. I'm going to can that. And uh, yeah, but that's where let's yeah, let's I, scratch that from the record as well. Yeah, that's where I kind of got hooked on a lot of weirdo cartoons, such as one of those such, like, such just, as. Yeah, you get a, you get a real big mix. You get your uh, Looney Tunes, which would be your best. Of course, the best ones. Once you get your uh, real shitty Popeyes. Occasionally, I didn't mind the I didn't mind the Paramount Popeyes. To be honest with you, I thought they were okay. Okay, so, <laughs> so you have your Paramount Popeyes. We've talked about Winston so, Sharples. Come on, the uh, yeah OG what a schnozzle. Uh, uh, creating a time machine, which was just this hand on a like a gloved hand on a stick yeah. that would like you know uh, go and tap Popeye on the head, and it would stick to him, and it would drag him, and then the next thing you see, he'd be in Rome, yeah, and you'd just be like, does he? Why I, does he know he was? He thinks he was Roman his whole, whole life. There's so much going on <laughs> here of like yeah. how what. Not a time machine. Just go. You know, Popeye had some ancestors. You know, and back then, one of them lived in ancient Rome. That's yeah. all you have to do. Now we're there, and it's all fine. Having a weird hand tap him on the head while he's sleeping, have him float out of the room, yeah, and and he knows like the history of everything, and he's just incorporated back into the time stream. No, no, I'm sorry, this makes no sense whatsoever. I, I disagree. <laughs> also, t- Popeye isn't a time traveler. He's not <laughs> Alley Oop. He's not sir. <laughs> but he's cashing in. I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I would not, I would not, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that that was actually from the strip, from E.C. Seeger's Popeye, strip. You think Popeye time traveled in the comic strip? I think that, I think that day, doing a daily strip, uh, you would be tempted to to uh, do a time travel story. Well, you know, Alley Oop did, right? Oh yeah, I have a collection of Alley Oop um, yeah, okay. comics. So I, that's why I think he wouldn't. Is because Alley Oop so famously did that it would be weird. That well, other it doesn't. Character. It didn't stop anyone else from doing the same thing over and over again with this. Well, t- t- I do. Tell me where the what ha- what when uh, the other comic strip characters doing all this time traveling. Oh, I just mean other. You know, like Buzz Sawyer. You know, and then but then you have uh, Terry and the Pirates and Steve Canyon, all kind of mining the same the same uh, field. And I bet you if you looked, you know, we. You know, the thing is, for us, we kind of have the cream of the crop that's come down to us. But I bet you if you look back at newspaper strips, um, you would find a lot of, like, Dick Tracy knockoffs and things like that that would have been from about the same time period. Because people want to cash in, you know, on the the popularity of, you know, of, of a strip. Um, yeah. Joe, Joe Palooka had hillbillies uh, before Little Abner did. Although, to be fair, um, Al Cap worked for... Ham Fisher, the the guy, the artist who did uh, Joe Palooka, and he's the one who wrote the the hillbilly elements. But and then he just took those and <laughs> did his own strip, which was a cause of falling out between the two. But uh, and then there was yeah, it made a big hillbilly boom. <laughs> like you feel like Al Cap would have looked at the Beverly Hillbillies and gone, "Give me a couple of bucks." Yeah. Because Jethro is Little Abner. Right? Oh, yeah, and writ large. Like yeah. Jethro is 100% Little Abner. Yeah. The only thing is he can't have sex with his sister, uh, who is clearly... But she's know, not his other. sister, right? Uh, oh, cousin? I thought that she was... I thought that she was... 
yeah, some other, some more distant relation to him. Okay, well, they can't do it. Because I only know that because I I called him. I uh, sorry, I called her his sister to someone at, at work, and they went, "Oh, uh, he she wasn't his sister." And then I can't remember what the actual the relationship he told me was, but okay, who is all right? Is Jethro the son of Jed? Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe he is not the son of... I don't know. I, I don't know. I do know that Granny is their grandma. So, uh, Well, how do you know that? Like, how do you know that? It's just say Granny. Yeah, but that's no indication. You could call someone Granny, even though they're not your, gra- your Granny. Well, why are they living together as a family, then? What are they doing? What's that all about? Well, they may live in a boarding house. I don't know. I... They don't live in a boarding house. They live in a shack. They're shack <laughs> livers. They're, uh, they're, they're okay. broke. A boarding yeah. shack. Yeah, he's a poor mountaineer. Yeah. He barely kept his family fed. Yeah. That's in the thing. So they're his family. So he couldn't afford a house, so he lived in a in a co-op. I don't think it's a co-op. Uh, <laughs> telling a story about a man named Jed. Poor mountaineer who barely kept his family fed. Yeah, so it's, a, it's his family. I know, he had to go out hunt for food. Went up from then the ground, came a bubbling crude. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Oil, that is. Oh, oil. Was it? I, didn't know what it was. I thought it was someone was swearing. But oh, it was oil. Okay, that makes more no, sense. I, he uh, hits the ground, and all of a sudden, uh, the venom uh, creature comes out. And then <laughs> takes over him. And then he... <laughs> you, right. would think, you would think like, uh, he would get hustled out of that money, right? You would think like if like the hillbilly uh, goes, uh, to, you know, hey, I reckon I got oil on my land. You know, you think like the big shots in the oil company would like, Push him around. No, they gave him a really good deal. Good for the oil company back then, being legit with a jet. <laughs> yeah. And then you know goes and buys a big old house, and uh, and Beverly Hills for no reason except that the name's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be a fish out of water thing, isn't it? He wanted yeah. to be a fish out of water. Yeah. Why did? He, yeah. It's like the neighbor said, uh, Jed, you got to get out of here and you got to go be in the, the big shot. Weird thing for the neighbors to say, but okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Well, they were happy for him, and they wanted Tim to go out and spread the hillbilly uh, word. Right, which is, and they're so happy for him, yep. they never visit him. And he never well, visits them. That's a long way to go. Yeah, there's a lot of bad blood. I bet there's some feud. <laughs> didn't, didn't Dick Tracy have a hillbilly character? Bio Plenty. Yeah, that's right. Now, I bet you if you looked, if you could do like a timeline thing, you'd, that came after Little Abner as a response to the popularity of that strip. Hmm. You know? Or maybe just they were in the they were in the um, they were in the cultural air at that time, you know. It wasn't just it wasn't just them that were, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna break this down for you. Here's how it goes. Okay, Jethro is the son of Jed's cousin. Ah, there you go. And that and that cousin's name is Pearl Bodine. Good old okay. Pearl Bodine. Pearl Bodine. <laughs> uh, uh, Jed is the widower of Granny's daughter Rose Ellen. Though, in reality, um, Buddy Epson and, uh, and uh, the woman who played Granny, whose name is uh, Irene Ryan, uh, six years difference between the two of them. <laughs> How he's outrageous. Right. Okay. Uh, well, wasn't, there wasn't the lady who played Stella. Is that her name, Stella, on the Golden, Golden Girls? The, old, the oldest lady? She was actually younger than some of the yeah, other actresses she, yeah, on there? Went, yeah, she had a, she had a really uh, dressed dress down. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, so they, they were going to make Granny Jed's mother, uh, but that would make Granny the matriarch uh, and, so, and, and Jed subordinate uh, yeah. to her. Yeah. So they did not do, do that. So they. Uh, but I'm not sure. Okay, so Ellie May 
is the only child of Jed and Rose. So that's his daughter. So that's the thing. So she is a real tomboy, a real punch him out uh, type, <laughs> uh, loves uh, animals. Yeah, that's the thing. And okay. she cannot uh, have sex with Jethro, even though they are, well, they're, well, they're cousins. I don't know, there's a chance. Wait, so how, how distant are they, though? Well, he's the son of Jed's cousin. So that's second cousin, right? Still, Is that right? Still pretty close, yeah. I don't I wouldn't go for that one. I think it'd be all right I if I don't think it's a good plan. It'd be all right if you were in, if you were like in if you were in the monarchy, that would be fine. That's an acceptable distance from each other, but I think for us plain folk, that's that's not good. Okay. And uh, and uh, give me a guess at how much money uh, the Clampets had in the bank. How much money they had in the bank? They had uh, one million dollars. One million dollars is too low, sir. Oh, really? They had one million and five dollars. Well, uh, I'm going to turn all off for all the cards. <laughs> oh, all right. Because uh, you're not going to guess this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ninety-six million dollars. Holy cow! Yeah. That seems. That seems, money, that seems excessive. $669 million. That seems like, I don't know, maybe maybe you would make that kind of money if you if you had a if you had some bubbling crude on your property. Yeah. And you allowed the oil company to come in and my my friend had a friend who lived the a life of penurious leisure. I would give that penurious leisure uh yeah. based on the fact that he, the property his parents' property that he inherited with his brother uh had an oil derrick on it and it provided i guess enough money for him to not have to work and just kind of live a a life of as i say uh somewhat penurious but you know leisure right so i guess if you don't have to work and you're willing to like kind of live a little bit you know in a bit of bit of straightened circumstances it was it was okay but nowhere near 96 million dollars is what i'm saying so that must have been quite a healthy, and more than one oil derrick on that property. It must have been like a really big, big uh, find. There was um, uh, a couple. I, I know. I know a couple of people who are uh, uh, rich. Like they're 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 rich, but they're not rich. Okay. Um, and the difference between rich and rich yeah. is um, uh, one went to a party with another. Like I, I could name them, and you go, oh, that, that I know that. Yeah. Um, but they went to a party at a rich person's house. Yeah. And oh. uh, they, and they looked and they looked out and it was on the water. Yeah. And it was like the beach and uh, and and they saw some uh, snorkelers going into the in the water. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they're snorkeling on your property. That's uh, is that okay? It's like, oh, those are those are the guards. They're changing shift because <laughs> they're so rich. Yeah. That people would, uh, you know, uh, take over. Would 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 storm the house to get like some art that's inside and yeah. other things that are or inside. kidnap them and yeah or kidnap them. So there are guards sure. around the house all the time, full time guards on the water, under the water. <laughs> There's guards under the water uh, and they, all around the house and they're like, eh, that's too rich. That's too rich. When you've got to have you know people you know with guns protecting you because you know people want to take you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's too rich. You want to be. Canada rich, which is like, <laughs> I can afford a house. And what mm. happens if something bad happens to your house? I can fix it. Oh, that's only oh, rich. It's good for you. <laughs> that's good. I like that kind of rich. It's a good feeling. You can go on a vacation if you want. Where do you want to go? I don't know. I'd like to go to, I don't know, uh, Europe. Yeah, you can do that. All right. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be all for that. 
you know, but again, when you've got to hire your sixth arm guard, boo, no thank you. <laughs> then you can't enjoy your pool. If you, you know, I mean, that's the thing. You want a pool, but can you enjoy your pool if you think someone's trying to kidnap you? No, you can't. So, so uh, no, no to that. Let's, let's stop our wealth uh, just before we get that uh, degree. <laughs> yes. I know who you're talking about. In both cases, I know the friends that you were talking about, and I know whose house they went to. Ah, very good. And I will agree with you that, but that's crazy rich. Like that yeah. person is cr- crazy rich. Like not ninety six million dollars rich. Like ten times ninety six million dollars rich. So okay, it, it's it, here's the thing. Once you get past a billion, now we're in crazy town. <laughs> it makes like, sense. What are you going to buy yeah. Yeah. for a billion dollars? That you won't that like two, what are you gonna buy for two billion dollars that you can't buy for a billion dollars? Frankly, what are you gonna buy for a billion dollars you can't buy for five hundred million dollars? Besides, say a TV network, yeah, or the rights to Star Wars, mm-hmm. like unless you're unless you're getting into that kind of crazy. And in that case, just like hire people to be Star Wars for you. <laughs> they will work twenty four hours a day, and they will dress as uh, the puppets and the robots. And you can just have them in your backyard, and they'll be there every day, and you can just live Star Wars. Like, full-on live Star Wars. In fact, invite Mark Hamill over. He'll come. He'll come for a couple of bucks. You know, there. Just you live Star Wars. That's all you have to do. You don't need to buy the rights to it. You're fine. Sure. Yeah. Whatever well, I think, you want. I think you want to be that rich so you can knock Elon Musk out of richest man in the world position. He seems happy. Or Jeff Bezos. One of the they, two. They're they kind of Endor right now. They seem so happy. They seem so, <laughs> so happy. Yeah, that yeah. seems so... Yeah. They seem so happy. You know, ugh. I think Elon really? Musk ha- must have had Bitcoin as part of his investment portfolio because uh, it seems like he was declared the richest man in the world one day and then the next day he was he'd lost that position. But in the meantime, Bitcoin had dropped like $17,000 in value or something like that. Yeah. And so I I wonder if that's why he uh, went down. Or people just realized that Tesla's a, a con and they just decided to not uh, Well, I not just find like all these guys, once they get to a certain billion... Uh, here's the thing. And once, once, once people uh, get to a... And it's always men um, <laughs> at this point. Uh, I'm yeah? not sure who the richest woman in the world is. Is it... Uh, but, is it but, no, I was going to say Oprah, but no, it's not true. No, no. And then you're like Queen Elizabeth? No, it's not Queen Elizabeth. Um, it's probably someone who's royal. But like once men get to a certain wealth level, something goes wrong in their brains and it says to them, you've got to go into space. <laughs> you need to get in a rocket. Yeah, get out and, of here. Yeah, you got to get out of here. You got to leave this planet. Yeah. Man. And so there's something about that that just, uh, I don't know what biologically it is. Maybe the earth just goes, they have too much money. We need to get rid of it. Well, them. the fight or flight instinct takes over and... Yeah. Since they can no longer fight because they're just pampered and wealthy, they have to they have to go they have to flight. Whereas Bill Gates, uh, you know, likes a fight, and so now it's like you know, it's fighting polio and whatever other diseases are around. So it's like, okay, that guy's fighting on Earth, but you know what? The second uh, major things are cured, he's getting in a rocket. Yeah. Don't don't fool yourself. Yeah. He's immediately hopping in a rocket and going to space as well because they all have to. It's something about that. I don't know what it is. But it's like, I've got a certain amount of money, and it's $1 more, and oh, man, I'm going to space. <laughs> you shouldn't. You're not, you're not astronaut material, Jack. But okay, there you go. Fine. We'll set up a base on the moon. All right, fine. All right, go ahead. Set up a base on the moon. Enjoy yourself. You know, wouldn't you like to swim in a pool? The pool seemed good, right? Would you like a nice pool? No. I love a good pool. Yeah, you know, go to have like security guards underneath. <laughs> They're looking up at me. 
It's creepy. They'd be yeah. in the pool with you. Sure they would. Why? I don't know. Someone's always trying to kidnap. <laughs> in a guys. pool? Isn't it on yeah. your property? Shouldn't they just guard the property and not necessarily like every room you're in? Listen, I don't want to say that I. Here's how I. <laughs> kidnap, I here's how I kidnap someone who had a pool. Yeah. Who was like a real rich guy. Yeah. Um, what I do is I uh, I get them to develop some kind of super freezing. <laughs> Okay. So when they're in the pool, you drop them into the pool. Sure. But first, you drop uh, ropes with hooks yeah. into yeah. the pool first. Yeah. Then throw in the things. Sure. Click, 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 click. It's all frozen. Now the guy's frozen in there. Make sure his head's above the water. Yeah. Or you've killed him. That's a dumb move. Yeah. That's so silly. Um, it'd be good if he was snorkeling. Yeah. He's still breathing. Sure. Then, then you. Would he die anyway? Because now he can't actually expand his chest to breathe. Oh. So he's just gonna die. I, I don't know. We'll have to make this. And match. by the way, you invented a super freezing device. Like, patent that, and you're a billionaire already. Like, you don't need to go to all this rigmarole. You have just invented something the world nothing, needs. Do you think there's nothing that, like, would immediately freeze water that exists? Well, you just said you want someone to develop it. If it already exists, why do you need someone to develop it? Okay. I was just going already, along with your with your with the with the story you were telling. Exists, uh, drop it in the water. So um, okay. uh, if that freezes, and then the, uh, the the ropes and hooks are already in there. You take one of your super helicopter, fly them out, fly them out, <laughs> and they can't shoot at you, yeah. the guards, yeah. because they might uh, hit the ice and like uh, break it, and then the guy falls out. So no dice there, and they don't have helicopters ready. So uh, off you go, you fly away with them. Done. <laughs> this sounds like a, and a really elaborate murder. Because I just can't see anyone living, surviving this this kidnapping. But okay, well, if that's you fine. Want to murder him, drop a shark in there. <laughs> throw a hungry shark. No, I mean, I mean, it's I I don't I don't think you intended to murder them. But I think when you got to your base of operations, you discovered that they asphyxiated because they couldn't actually breathe in the ice, and also they died from exposure of being flown by a helicopter for at a high altitude for for many many miles. Okay. Here's my plan then. So, so okay. the guy, like, let's say you accidentally freeze the ice with a minute. Oops, big mistake. He dies. Yes. All right, I'm with you. All right. Fly the ice out. Crack it gently. Yeah. Open it up yeah. in a nice cold room. Okay. Perfect mold of the guy's body. Okay. Perfect mold. Yep. And so now you just gotta fill it with uh, some goo, and uh, you make a man suit uh, out of the mold. And uh, yeah. then you pretend to be that guy. All right. There you go. Sure. It's perfect. Perfect. It's, it's a perfect. Per- perfect. And you just walk perfect on in. You, like, you walk on into the the office building. Yeah. And he goes like, "Oh, weren't you killed? Nope." And then uh, you, and then you walk in and go like, "I'd like my money, please." <laughs> and they go like, "Well, you're the boss." And then you give them money. Uh huh. Yeah. I think that billionaires they don't even think about it like that because whatever drove them to become that wealthy it has nothing to do with like money or anything you know that's all good like they like that it's comfortable it makes you comfortable you can now now you can w- walk around wearing running shoes all the time and no one can say anything about it but that's it like you're still the same person you're still the same person who has this strange psychotic drive to like you know destroy everything in your path in order to make money so yeah go ahead so you know so there's this like a, over a billion dollars or whatever like behind you and but you don't even think about it. It's just you know, it's just like it's so it's so big. It's meaningless. You're still you're still like pursuing whatever you've been pursuing your whole life. You know, the you know you, probably the approval of your father. You know yeah. something that's like you just you know my dad never said he loved me. Also, I'm you know your business your company's out of business now because I just I just bought it, 
and you, you're fired, get out of here. And I'm going to dismantle the company and take the things I want and, and just leave the rest to go to the winds. And on, onward I go in my giant uh, capitalism tank as I crush everything in my path. Onwards to $2 billion. But, you know, it's just like, it's just meaningless because, you know, like like you say, like it's not, you have a billion dollars. If you had, a you know, $10 million, you could just like comfortably live your life and not have to think about anything. But, you know. Yeah, what, like, to me, when you have a billion dollars, you're now a wizard. You're Sauron. <laughs> yes. Right? You're in, a, you're in a big tower. Let's say Sauron. Who are we talking about? Sor- is it Sauron? Who played? It was Christopher Lee. Christopher, Christopher Lee was Sauron. Sauron. That's what I think. It's like, uh, you're, you're Sauron. You're, you're in a big tower. Yeah. You've gone crazy. Sure. But, you know, you've got magic power, so what can't you do? You can summon eagles. <laughs> you could you, you can do you can make things fly around. You can probably make gold. I don't know what you can do. But you can do stuff. You can do whatever you need to. Sure. You're a wizard. Yeah. What, what do you need? You're like, oh, I don't like Gandalf. Well, why? Who cares? What's it matter yeah. to you? What's it matter to you? Stop it. Just be you. You're fine. Yeah, you're a wizard. Can I, can I be nerdy for a second? Please. I don't think you can summon the eagles. I think they come of their own volition. But they're uh, they're they're in no they're no man's they're no man's uh, you know servant. Do you have to talk to a moth and then the moth asks? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that. Uh, I think that's what is. happened in the movie. That is the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that if that relates to the book. It's been a while since I since I reread the. The last time I reread Lord of the Rings was just before the first movie came out. The Fellowship of the Ring came out. I I reread the the series for for the third time. So yeah, one of these days I'll have to hunker down and do a 4-3 read, but I've got too many other things, too many other books on my plate, because okay, I also enough. eat them. Uh, they're, uh, yeah, I'm not sure when that Amazon series is coming out, but, you know, you can time it for that. I guess I could do that, I guess I could, but the, see, the reason I re- reread the books one more time before the, the Fellowship of the Ring came out is I, I assumed that would be the last time I would ever feel the need to reread the books, because this movie, being put out by a director, I really... I really rate, rated highly was going to like just sort of surpass the books and I wouldn't need them anymore, but that's not the case at all. Of course, <laughs> not the case. And that's not to say those movies are bad. I think they're perfectly fine. I really, I, I like them a lot uh, for what they are, but you know, the books are the books. Right. How are you? What are your feelings on the Hobbit films? Oh, fucking shit. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's speaking of someone who saw each one of them in the theater. They are just more and more, more and more Aww. depressing. Oh, I just felt compelled to see them in the theater, though. I don't know why. I don't know. Do you think I, if you saw them on TV, like if it was a Netflix series, you would have felt like nope, okay? Nope. All nope, right. Nope. nope. No. They're just so. They're just so awful. Like they're so awful in every way that, uh, like, yeah. Did they just miss the point completely? Yeah. Or is there a point to miss? Well, I mean, it's just entertainment. It's not. I mean, it's not like a, you know, a, a, a technical book so if you know it's like it's not like they got the facts wrong or something but it's just like it it misses like the whole heart of the stories that's what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. people really like the book the hobbit yeah people really don't like the movie the hobbit (laughs) what happened they aren't the same right like well because they wanted there's okay i guess i'll i can't say three things happened but i'll say several things happened one is that they felt compelled well i think the studio felt compelled after lord of the rings to have three films because that that's what made Lord of the Rings so good, of course, was that there, there were three films. Had, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, I think they... Unlike with Lord of the Rings where, you know, when they were trying to get financial backing, like, they were sort of like, 
crossing their fingers and like in a very very timid voice saying and we're thinking of doing it two movies and one of the reasons that they really were you know lucky with the studio they went with and i can't remember which studio underwrote the movies but the uh the studio said well there's three books shouldn't it be three movies and they're like what what did you say what did you say listen can i record what you said can you write that down on a piece of paper for me uh, so but i think that yeah then their idea was well let's take this book that is one third the size of the first the first lord of the rings book like not not even like the whole series of books just the first book just it's like one third the size of fellowship of the ring let's take this book and bloat it up to the size of of the the lord of the rings books which you know are th- uh, you know over a thousand pages or close to a thousand pages i don't know exactly and if you're reading the if you're reading the large print version way more but but um and then the other problem with it is they decided to try to make it so it's a prequel to Lord of the Rings, which it, it, it kind of is, but it wasn't intended as that. Like when when Tolkien wrote it, he wasn't thinking, oh, this is like the this is going to be a big epic, and this is like the first this is the appetizer tray to the to the to the the meat to the entree of Lord of the Rings. No, he just wrote that book first, and then he kind of in his mind sort of expanded on the story, and he. He interpolated elements of the you know the Hobbit into the next story, and so okay. so when he so but what Jackson and and uh, those other people Philippa Bo- Boyens and Fran something other they they took the they took the Hobbit and then they they took like the Silmarillion and some some of the stuff from Unfinished Tales and things and they kind of and then they added their own their own stuff to it and they kind of wove that into the Hobbit you know so so that they. And then also they put in a bunch of stuff like that was supposed to make it sell, and the, 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 so they decided it was like too childish. So they wanted to have it more grown up, and so they had to add, add a romance element, and they had to have action sequences, and it's just awful. It's just, and it's not even like it's not even just bad because of that. It's also really, like really badly made. Like like if you like compared, say the. Uh, Minds of Moria scene from Lord of the Rings to the scene when they go into the mine in The Hobbit. One is this super well-filmed, well-staged chase sequence through, you know, and feels really real, and the threat feels really real. And then you see the the Hobbit version, and it's just like you're watching a cutscene from a video game. And there feels there's no stakes, there's no sense of what's going on. It's just a bunch of computer-generated images sort of b- crashing and bumping into each other, and then the scene ends, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, that was the thing <laughs> and the only entertaining part of that was there's one character in that sequence you're like oh that's that's uh from uh uh what's his name the um guy who did like the hellboy movies and uh, devil's backbone del- and oh, well, are you talking like del- the, uh, del toro del toro del toro, del toro yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so uh, he did yeah, he worked he did some initial work oh. on the hobbit but because of financing issues he left the project i think to go to pacific rim and so so, but he had done some character designs and stuff like that. And then when you look at that scene in The Hobbit, there's a character in there and you're like, ah, oh, that's, that's a Del Toro cre- animal or design right there. That's Del Toro's work there. I'm glad they kept that in the movie. The rest of it is this baloney. I think there's also a thing where uh, we're, people were so burned by the Star Wars prequels that the idea of like, we're going to do, uh, do some prequels to the thing you like. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that scares us a little bit. <laughs> and there's going to be three of them. Oh, I don't like that very much at all. And so, and so yeah, you go to the first one and you, and you go nowhere. Yeah. You can't do anything. 
And like, I had to pay full, full money for this. It's a full money movie. It's like, yeah. this was like, uh, this movie is half price because, you know, we'll be honest with you, it's just setting up some stuff. Um, you know, setting up both the movies you've seen and it's setting up two more movies to come. Yeah. And then you're watching the second movie and it's just like, oh man, why am I watching this movie? Because it's just going to, it's not going to yeah. end either. And nothing can really happen. Yeah. Well, particularly know? because the, seven-eighths of the novel is covered in the first film oh, so cool. basically the novel ends like at the beginning of of the i mean not entirely i think there is the scene of the the five armies that come or whatever at the end of the hobbit to be honest with you i've it's i've read the hobbit once and that was in grade seven I think so I've seen, it's been a yeah, while i think i've seen like the hobbit films each of them twice and i can't remember a damn thing except for them singing and throwing his dishes around <laughs> And going like this, this is uh, this is awful. Yeah, and that's really, a good, really bad. That's a good example of like a scene where there's no differentiation between characters. So you have like no idea. Not only are the names hard to remember because they're all made up dwarf names, but they're also they also all look alike. So you're just like I don't even know who anyone is except for the the brooding one, the dark brooding broody dwarf, that yeah, guy. It's like, there's grumpy, another grumpy, one more grumpy, a sneezy grumpy, yeah. a dark grumpy, yeah. grumpy, yeah. and more grumpy, yeah. and handsome Pete. That's right. It's like, okay, fine. And well, dark, one of dark brooding I know that much. dwarf, yeah. Yeah, one of you is going to get a little action, and the rest of you, enjoy your celibacy, uh, you dwarves. And then they kind of do that weird play on the Legolas-Gimli uh, relationship in... In Lord of the Rings, where they ha- but they have it with um, uh, whatever that I can't remember the actor's name. Sorry, the bro- broody dwarf and then uh, action elf. They they fall in love with each other. Oh, the one uh, who's also the wasp. Is yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Who I should know. She's from Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. We are legally required to know her name, and yet we. She was. Yeah, feeling... she used to. Uh, she used to uh, be a um, a tech model. On uh, my my landlord's TV show, yeah, yeah, he, he gave her first kind of gig. Uh, oh man, I'm, it's bugging me that I'm not remembering her name. I'll look it up because I feel bad about this. <laughs> but uh, continue continue uh, talking about how much you love the movie. <laughs> Evangelina Jolie, not Evangelina, uh, Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline, there you go. I didn't look it up. I, that just popped in my. Okay, head. that's good. That's why I said Evangelina Jolie. That's how you know I didn't look it up. <laughs> Because that was you, dumb. Your portmanteau of two different actresses. So, yeah. yeah, so they have that really kind of like dull relationship between them because it's not it's not in the book and so it has nothing to do with the film and so it's just sort of tacked on. There's nothing there's only one good scene in that entire Hobbit film and that is the sequence between um um Bilbo and Gollum in in the in the the mm. cave. Like that's a really well acted, really compelling scene. And when you watch that, you're just like, oh, for the rest of the movie to be so so intimate and small and feel so much more so much bigger than than it does as this so-called giant sweeping epic, which is really hollow feeling and empty. Ugh. Well, what you had in that scene was well, first of all, you got characters you know, so it's like nice to see these guys again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, but I mean, Bilbo's Bilbo's played by a different actors, not Ian Holm in this one. He's that's pl- true. You know, and so. Uh, um, but what you get in that is you get a mix of, uh, like, you get a puzzle, which mm-hmm. is fun, because you yep. can try to figure out the puzzle if you don't know the book. Sure. Those are fun. So you puzzle, yeah. uh, if there's some jokes, yeah. and then it's also menace, real good menace. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's a nice mix. Mm-hmm. 
Where's that in the rest of the film? <laughs> Where's that the rest of the film? Yeah, where yeah. every every other sequence, this feels like a knockabout uh, laugh it up scene, you know, whether it's the spiders or the escape from Rivendell, escape from the elves at Rivendell, where they go on, where they go in the scene that, of course, isn't in the book. Once again, the 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 video game barrel barrel chase down the river. Well, oh, <laughs> Donkey Kong Country. Just, yeah, it is awful because it's just like there's no reality to it, and so you you just you can't be connected to it at all. You just sit there and and watch characters. You know, do impossible tricks over and over and over and over and over and over yeah, and over. Even like after one of those scenes, it's like this goofy whoop and at the end of it, you just go, "Kenneth's dead." What? Of course. Well, we couldn't all survive that. We were in the rapids, of course. He hit his head on a rock. Yeah, yeah. And I think he died instantly, and doesn't have much face left. Yeah, because you saw the shit we were doing, right? Yeah, the odds are one of us was going to get killed. Yeah, it was, it was him. So, so there you go. Now let's move on. <laughs> yeah, more oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just uh, and then so they much. Walk by Snow White and go like, just ignore her. What do you know her? Yeah, just, just, just ignore her. Keep walking, keep walking. She is so clingy. Uh, offer her a cup of tea. She's gonna move in. She's gonna clean the shit. Fix you up. Good, dan- knows, good dancer, knows, though. Yeah, she knows Dopey's a monk, and she was like always kissing him. It's creepy. <laughs> Leave him alone. He's celibate. You weirdo. Yeah, and she can talk to birds. Yeah. Yeah. I like how I like how the one who wants to kiss is a weirdo, and the celibate one is okay. <laughs> I don't want to have any sex. All right. Well, I feel like Dopey shouldn't have sex because Dopey Dopey doesn't seem to have the right mindset. No, for he doesn't have the right mindset. I don't think he's cho- chosen life of celibacy. I think celibacy has chosen him. Yeah, that's that's probably. And, you know, he didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on him. Yeah, I'm sure he's a good worker. I'm sure, sure he's a good worker. Sure, yeah. If you yeah. want a disaster in the mine, he's the guy to turn to. He's, he's the one. Set. He's the one who lets the the car, you know, the mine, the cars in the mine. He's the one that, you know, accidentally pulls a lever that sends them all racing down to the bottom of a pit and, and crash and get destroyed there. You know, if that's what you want, if you want someone to like, accidentally cut through a really important supporting member in the in the system of beams inside your mine, you know, he's the guy you turn to. You're just like, do you feel that the War. Okay, here's my question about the dwarves. Okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm going not from the traditional story because I don't know the traditional story. So you're going from like, the Snow White version. Yeah, you've seen the movie, right? Uh huh. Okay. So these dwarves work in a jewel mine, and they're pushing <laughs> yes. carts around, sure, packed to busting with jewels on a typical day. You're not gonna rob them too, are you, with your ice thing? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Great. So. <laughs> They got. They got. They. They. Okay. Yeah. Are they rich or? Yeah. Are they working for? I guess the only people I could think they could work for would be the castle. Yeah. The queen. Sure. Are they? Are they the queen's uh, miners, uh, or do they work for themselves and they're independently wealthy? I don't think what, either. I, I mean, I think partly you're partly right. I think they work in the mine. They work for themselves, but I don't think they actually sell the jewels. What what do they? Why are they mining? Just for something to do, just pass the day, you know. They need to do something. Might as well, well it's, mine. It's work. Well, okay, so okay. Some people like to work, you know. All right, not for nothing. Like yeah. there's part there's some reward at the end of the day. So they go sure. and they work. A job their asses well done. Off. 
Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a job well done because it's no purpose. Like if the whole purpose is them digging up. No, jewels, they got they got more jewels. Yeah. They got some more jewels. They got some more jewels. So are they taking these jewels home and putting them in their basement? I have what no, are they doing? I don't know. Like, what's the like how many jewels are they getting? They don't, it doesn't seem like they have a, a lot. Job well done at all. That's but it feels like when you see them. Uh, that's like going out and like every day I go out and I collect yeah. some grass and I put it in a bag yeah. and then I put it in my backyard. Yeah. Oh well, why? Job well done. Well, maybe it's this then. Maybe they do sell them, but what we don't know is that they work in a cubit zirconian mine. Okay, that's fair. And there's no way... Is it cubit or cubic? Uh, Well, you know, I knew it before you said... I'm sorry that I did that to you. Anyway, they Uh, work in that kind of mine. Yeah, I feel like we don't really get a lot of people in this universe. Um, (laughs) No, it's as if it was a movie made in a really low budget that almost bankrupted the studio. You would traditionally have like one... I mean, listen... Yeah, they've done. They did shorts before this, and there's crowd scenes in in shorts. Sure, there's always you know it's like all the flies in Fly Town. Yeah, yeah. Are all hooray at the end <laughs> and cheer for the fly that killed okay. the spider. Yeah, yeah. Um, flies are easy to draw, but yeah. Yeah, there's no. Um, yeah, there's no crowd of people mm-hmm. at any point like you know that the queen is like looking out upon like yeah, uh, yeah. or whether she likes them or dislikes them. N- nothing. Uh, so yeah, I just wonder like what's the deal with their um, mining. Like if they if they do own their own jewels, yeah. If they're rich, um, and they never it seems like, and again I don't really remember. Maybe they do. Yeah. Do they give her some jewels when when she shows up? Do they like go, hey, you're a lady, you might like jewels, have some jewels? No. Or is it they like don't. never enters? Never. No, because never. we don't. I don't think we even know that they're that they mine that they are miners at that point, right? We find out later. What's, what's the high ho thing? Well, isn't that when they go off to work? Like, because they come back home and discover her in that she's fallen asleep on their bed, right? Isn't it? Is okay. Wait a second. I, I think the first time we see them, she she goes into the house. Yeah. And she's looking around like, ooh, that's well, very small. The yeah, children must be here. Yeah, yeah. And then she hears hi ho, and it's hi ho hi ho. It's home from work we go. Okay, but I isn't she sleeping? She's sleeping at this point though. Right, but we hear them coming. We back, hear them. You know? We hear them, but got, she doesn't. They've got mining equipment. She has pushed the beds together and is, is stretched out snoozing. Yeah, and she's hoping for like some sort of orgy situation. I guess. <laughs> you, that's why you push she, the beds together. She might have been tired or she might have been... But the beds are too small for her. That's why she pushes them together. Mm. Yeah. You know what? She she never heard the story of Goldilocks, clearly. No. Yeah. No, that's something I was thinking about. As you know, I've been I've been obsessing over this this silly soap opera called dark shadows okay and you know what wait a second dave before yeah. we get started yeah yeah i think this is this is now evolved into a segment <laughs> it's become a segment you are correct so you i think correct. i think you need to come up with a name for it It could be dark talk it could be shadow okay talk, okay for the memories whatever <laughs> whatever you want it to be but i think you need to name it and then you need to come up with a little bit of a song for it so that we can just get into it so i'm going to give you a little time here Okay. Can I? Can we call it uh, dark shadow boxing? Dark shadow no. unboxing? No, dark. Uh, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Uh, dark shadow. <laughs> dark shadows. Okay, sure. Okay, dark shadows. Anyway, dark uh, shadows. Okay, so. Um, so uh, here's our here's our new segment. Yeah. Uh, dark shadows. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, uh, I was gonna say. Oh yeah. So I was watching the show or at least listening to the show and i was thinking to myself that the you know like the, the the girl has these two puncture wounds on her neck yeah. and everyone's like did she scratch her did she scratch her, her neck on a bush 
what what happened <laughs> and I, your neck on a vampire? I, that's, what I, that's right so i was thinking oh this is interesting so whenever there's a vampire movie or most vampire movies we it's assumed that no one knows what vampires are until they meet their first vampire which is the vampire of the of the movie because mm-hmm. no one goes like no one ever says like oh you've got two puncture wounds in your neck there's a vampire you better like you know, get a crucifix or, or a cross or get some garlic. What you know, we can we can take care of this. No, no, they're just like, I don't know what's happening to her. She's all weak. It's as if she's losing blood. The doctor says she has anemia. I don't understand why. What are there any signs of anything? No, it's strange. Only one thing are these two. Uh, they look like puncture wounds on her neck. Really, how strange. I wonder what's happening to her. Huh? Scratching chin the whole time. Like, and I guess that's just sort of like part of the the world of that of if you're going to do that kind of thing you just have to make it so that no one knows because otherwise someone's going to go she has to puncture dracula or it's a vampire you know like but you just you can't have that happen because you know that's so part of them does find out when someone realizes that he's a vampire i haven't got there yet that, okay i'm just curious he is still to- he's still working undercover do vampires as a pop culture thing yeah. exist in this universe? So they would turn to a person and go, he's a vampire. Mm. And the person wouldn't go, he's a blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Like, or... He's a hemoglobin gobbler. Oh, I get it. So he eats blood. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. Yeah. No clue. Dracula? No, it doesn't exist in this world. Okay. No, I, gotta, I have to scratch that now because... Oh, wait, like you got a puncture wound? You got a scratch? No, but I'm just thinking now that there's a scene where Maggie, the girl that, that Barnabas kidnapped and has been slowly trying to, to brainwash her into believing she's Josette, his former former lost love. Okay. Um, but Maggie has kind of come to her senses and she realizes who she is. She's kind of overcoming his his vampiric control of her because he does have like some control of her through through biting her. And so... Uh, there's a sequence though where she's going to stake him in the heart, and oh. she she has a stake, but she doesn't learn that she should do that. So she just knows that that's how you take care of a vampire. So people must know about vampires in this universe. Only they're too doggone dumb to realize, or they're thinking like, well, that can't be it because those are just made up. Because there are ghosts in this world as well, but no one believes the young boy David. No one believes David, but the young boy David who has seen the ghost of the of the uh, real Josette. And apparently has some sort of like, like, relationship with her in some way that he likes her and knows her and and has talked to her as a ghost. Now I haven't. To be fair to me, to be fair to the show as well, when they put the original package of the of these onto that channel, Tubi, they start the program where Barnabas enters the show. So you're missing about six months of the original run of the show, and it was a daily show. It was on a half hour every day, so five days a week. So that was whatever that would be over six months. That's a lot of shows that have already like gone, gone by. So I missed quite a bit of the earlier developments of the show. So there were some characters that were doing things when I started watching it that I kind of had to like, just sort of watch it and kind of figure out what was happening. And so, gotcha. so, but it's been mentioned that David has seen J- Josette. I don't know if he actually saw her and we saw her as the audience or we just heard that he saw her. But apparently she is accompanied by the smell of jasmine. And so he knows that she's been there because he can smell the jasmine. And so he has, uh, part of the show is that he mistakes, he sees Maggie walking through the house and he mistakes her for the ghost of Josette because he saw her from outside and he's, and then 
uh, he does talk to her, but at this point, Maggie is still in the state of confusion and believes that she is Josette, or at least is confused to who she actually is. Okay. And so there's been these, uh, you know, these these little times where it's like, oh, Maggie can get rescued now. Oh, you know, <laughs> Willie, Willie uh, lost your ring outside and David found it. Now he's going to bring it home and the family will find it and they'll know that Maggie's still alive. And, and oh no, Barnabas, Barnabas got it back. Ah, Barnabas. And now he wants to kill Maggie because she won't go along with his whole Josette plan. So he's going to kill her soon. And I'm like, what's going to happen? What I'm really hoping is that the real, the ghost of Josette will interfere. I have no idea what's yeah, what's coming though. The thing. But it's that like, would be cool. It, it seems like murder is a bad idea if there's ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Because you know you're going to have the ghost come back and like rat you out or mess <laughs> you up. So. And also, as a, as a vampire, mm. you're killing people on the regular. Yeah, yeah. Do those ghosts come back and like, hey, buddy? Yeah. You know, or that's there's some ghost rules about what ghosts get to come back. Sure. So we've heard of attacks on livestock. And we've heard of attacks on young women, not just on Maggie, who, of course, was kidnapped and, and was attacked and then kidnapped. Okay, I thought you were saying to me, okay, what I thought you just said was, mm -hmm. yeah. we know there's attacks on <laughs> livestock. Yes, you know the livestock tax, yeah, and, you know, popular. tax young women. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know that you should do sure, that. Sure, well, you know, so, that's... Okay, but yeah. that's what it sounded like. Go, please <laughs> <laughs> So, so You're you know... Attacked. Yeah, so the, he is obviously operating... In, like as a vampire because originally when i started watching the show i was thinking oh he was he's going to be like a good vampire who's going to help the family through uh, out get out of scrapes you know he's going to kind of show up as a deus ex vampire and just like kind of throw a throw a you know a spanner in some evil guy's works and then then disappear again or whatever but no he's he's a bad guy he's the bad guy and he's doing bad things so it's kind of it's kind of fascinating <clears throat> then i was curious about the actress who plays the matriarch of the family elizabeth uh, Collins Stoddard, her married name is Stoddard. She is played by this actress named Joan Bennett, who is it's kind of a fascinating career. Like she started acting in silent films. She started in over seventy silent films. Oh wow! Then she like acted in movies through the thirties and forties. She was very popular with Fritz Lang. He used her in about three different, like really like his kind of like dark sort of film noir films, like Scarlet Street and stuff like that. And then in nineteen fifty one, uh, she was married to this guy named Walter Wanger, who was. Um, he was a executive. He was an executive at MGM. He sort of took over for for Ir, uh, Irving Thalberg at MGM for a while. Uh, but Wanger was, um, I guess, he was a jealous type. And so, according to the story, um, Joan Bennett parked like the, she had a meeting with her agent one day, and so they met. And she parked her car, and they she got into his car, and they drove off and and went somewhere for lunch or whatever. And and then they and so Wanger was driving by, and he saw his wife's car parked there. So he parked to wait and see what was going on. And then she showed up with her, her agent, whose name was also Lang, something Lang. And then, and then Walt uh, Wanger attacked him and shot the, her agent twice. Luckily he was apparently a bad shot and, and shot him in the, in the butt and in somewhere else, which is not great to get shot at, at anywhere. But so, so yeah. And so, a um, now when you say shot in the butt somewhere else, are you saying the wang? No, he did not. He kept his wang. No, he did get shot in the groin, though. Okay. He did get shot in the groin. I think it kind of went through the... He shot him in from behind, and so it went through his buttocks, and then the exit wound was through his groin. It's a, anyway, oh. yeah, not fun. That's a, that's a rough day. <laughs> that's a rough day. It's like, what I do for my clients? <laughs> so, so then... Uh, so now Bennett... Ha you know, swore the rest of her life that she and this guy were not having an affair. 
And she actually remained married to Wanger until 1965, and then they finally divorced. But what happened, the outcome of this was scandal, and she did not work in movies again for a long time. And so I think that uh, Dark Shadows was kind of a comeback for her. You know, she did keep on acting, but not, not major roles. And then, then she ended up on, on uh, Dark Shadows. And then I was reading on, and it turns out on the show, she plays, well, she plays herself. But then she plays two different, two other Collins people. During the, during the time of the show. So she has two other roles as a Collins. And then she also plays Elizabeth Stoddard Collins' PT, which apparently means parallel time. So there's some sort of parallel time plot that's up, up and coming. So I'm, I'm, in for, I'm in for the long run on this show now. I don't care if there's 2,000 episodes. I, just, I have to know what's happening now. Parallel time. This is crazy. Like that, that feels like something that a British show would do. But it doesn't feel like something an American show would do in the 60s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially a soap opera that was on every day, five days a week. They, uh, they. I, I was, I was remembering that they remade this. I think we were talking about this last time. As a movie, yeah. No, no, it was oh. a TV series. They remade the TV series okay. in uh, 1991. Okay. Oh, okay. On NBC, yeah, and uh, yeah, they, it wasn't, it wasn't successful. Just ran twelve episodes. Yeah. Uh, I doubt they, uh, I doubt they followed the spirit of the show, which is kind of a, an. A heightened reality you know like a really you know everyone's kind of everyone's like acting like real everyone's big on it you know there's no no small acting in that show yeah no one's no one's doing any kind of uh you know um uh what is method acting they're all they're all just they're all playing to the the back row but that's what you want in a show like that you just want it to be big and then also it was a daily show you know so it, it has two cliffhangers there's a cliffhanger before the credits and then there's a cliffhanger at the end of the show okay and so it's, it has a nice form, which I, I, I really like that. I, it's, it, to me, it feels like a, a show that would be really fun to write, just because it's, it's just so crazy. The only problem is with it, because it was a daily show, it is a bit glacial. It's kind of like reading um, Dick Tracy comics from, you know, when you just sit down and go, I'm going to read all the syndicated comic strips. Oh, my God, this takes so long <laughs> to tell a story. What the hell? So, because, you know, you just you had to kind of stretch it out. I feel it's the same way with this. Like, they, they kind of have to keep it coming along, so it's kind of like, She's locked in a cell. She'll never get out. Oh, she's going to get out. Oh, she'll never get out. Oh, she's going to... Oh, nope. She'll never get out. Oh. You know, it just kind of goes like that. So uh, it's fun, though. We learned um, that Elizabeth Stoddard Collins, the, the matriarch, murdered her husband. But her, fami- okay. but her family doesn't know this. This, this guy helped kind of keep it... He helped her cl- clean it all up and, and make it look like the husband had, had just left her. Had, you know scampered away and so um so this guy's kind of got a hold on her and now he's forcing her to marry him and so he's he's the baddie so that this woman has to marry i guess her husband was very abusive and descent you know she she had to like she had to do it so know. there are some people that are worse than barnabas so you're kind of rooting for barnabas and well you're not rooting for i mean there's people who are worse than barnabas but barnabas isn't great he, he's gonna kill maggie yeah, I got that. I'm not rooting for him to kill Maggie. I'm I'm hoping he'll come around, but I don't, why don't we? We'll see. Why don't we just play and hate Barnabas? Like, why don't? Why are we? Why are we? Oh, I like that Barnabas. Like, what's? I, uh, I'm not. What's, I'm not saying that. Well, people people love Barnabas. That's the thing. I mean, he made the show, right? No, well, that's so. right. He made the show, but I think because he was so fascinating as a character, he's so evil. Okay, but they didn't try and like cut that evil with. But you know, he really loves. You know, grapes. One, what's that? <laughs> he really loves grapes. It, yeah, he loves grapes. <laughs> oh well, I like grapes. That's I, weird. I can I can understand this character. Drink wine. 
So it's just it's just what weird. Do you drink? Blood. Oh, I have to tell the No, I think the show is the idea of the show is that you know the family will constantly be in in full full on crisis mode throughout the rest of the it's six season run or whatever. So it's uh yeah the six seasons. So it's it's you know it's it's always going to be something bad happening to them and right now it's and it has to be two different plots happening well or or more so right now we have the barnabas maggie plot and then we have the the elizabeth uh i can't remember the name of the he's an irish guy who's trying to jason jason uh, the elizabeth jason plot and so and then the daughter right now is her daughter's acting out so she's uh getting drunk and hanging around with bikers because and then now she's said she's gonna get married in two weeks because her mom told her it was announced that her mom's getting married in two weeks so she's decided to marry a biker so that's where I last left left off at the show. Well, let, so. let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been hooked on a soap opera in your life? No, no. I never had time ah, for such things. That's the first one. Nice. That's exactly <laughs> what we got coming on here. They're addictive. They're addictive. Because they're so, they're so silly and but kind of it's fun. Your first yeah. time at a McDonald's. No, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. nice that you're enjoying yourself. It's good. Yeah, it's fun. No, uh, seriously. Like, uh, I, I was not really... In, I guess when I was a kid kid, mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was watching like Edge of Night... You know, and, okay. uh, when when they had supernatural plots. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I watched a little bit of that, but then I got like later on in life, I got hooked on Coronation Street for a couple of years. Okay, okay. You know, because yeah, they they hook you. There's always a little thing at the end where it's just like, "Our Terry, what? <laughs> oh, but you're dead." Yeah. It comes back. I thought you were dead. No, Mum, I'm not. Oh, good. <laughs> They were killed at Mill. No, no, Bill Mill burned down before I got there. Oh, good, Terry. Well, things are really hopping on Coronation Street. Uh, we had our, I had, pub. I had a technician come out to look at our our um, cable a little while ago, and he was to test a TV. He just had it on CBC, just turned it there, and he left it running. And so it was just kind of running in the house. And but I learned that one of the characters' wives had an affair with another woman, oh. and he would he took it very badly. I think he felt very emasculated by this and he was he was not well, he was I not a happy fellow no no not the repairman no no on, on oh, coronation street because i've never go. i've never really watched i mean i've seen coronation street but i've never like watched it as like as like a you, you know watched yeah, more yeah. than one show in a row no and you can't just sit down and go i'm gonna start watching this no way it work. what you gotta do yeah. is visit your grandma or okay. someone <laughs> okay. and have it on it's in on the background yeah and yeah. then they like make you a tea or you have some biscuits yeah and like and then all of a sudden you look over and just go what, what's that guy's <laughs> oh that's ken he's been on the show since the beginning okay uh yeah he's having an affair but he doesn't want them to know about oh, all right ken. what's he doing now well, now he's uh, disguised, you know, and then you get hooked on the one plot, yeah. and then something else will happen, and you're like, well, I just want to see the Ken plot, I'll, I'll turn in tomorrow for the Ken plot, oh, what's going on with that? And then, and then yeah, the other plots kind of like hook you even more, hook you even more, hook you even more, and then characters that you like die, and characters that you like leave, and all of a sudden Ian McKellen's on the show, and you're like, what's this about? What's Ian McKellen doing on the show? Yeah. He's keeping it's, people. Uh, he's out, he's working as this like a street uh, like a he's a signman, just keeping people from passing. That's right. Yeah. You're like you think of a passing? No. All right. <laughs> That's fine. I don't get to see my line. And the guy that played Dave Lister was on there for quite a while too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. And you think to yourself, oh, I'm going to watch uh, other British soap operas. I'm going to watch East Enders or something. Yeah. And because this is good, so those will be good. Yeah. Nope. Okay, that's, uh, that's unwatchable. Uh, back to <laughs> the original. Yeah, there's something that's just you know, there's just so soothing sure. about it. Yeah, it's very very calming. Well, I imagine I if you're in a time of stress, that those kind of shows would be appealing because they're just 
they're so easy on the mind that you just sort of de-stress to this kind of well especially if you're from england mm -hmm. like you're so used to pub culture yeah and it's just it's just like visiting your friends at a pub <laughs> just obviously a little pub time and you're having your tea yeah. or whatever and you're watching it and just like ah that's good like that was always the biggest thing uh when i was working at the cbc was if for any reason they had to bump coronation street for a news thing or some event or some sport yeah oh people would lose their goddamn minds <laughs> the phone lines would light up because they're the only people that phone hmm holy cow letters were pouring <laughs> like god help you god help you bump anything else in the world yeah uh but coronation street but yeah i'm glad that you're uh you're enjoying your first soap opera that's nice yeah it's good it's a and it's a, it's a good show for it's a good show to work to because you don't have to don't have to really watch it yeah that's a soap opera soap opera yeah. is a show that you can like yeah do some uh, housework to <laughs> yeah or, yeah you know uh, all of a sudden your kid yeah. is like uh it's mostly just people standing around talking so. yeah and then and then that plot ends and then another one begins yeah. and you're like i you know if nothing else you get it like you never come <laughs> in and go what happened <laughs> i've got no context clues yeah no, you, you get it immediately what's going on it's all sure. fine sure anyway that that's uh dork shadows Yep, that was our Dark Shadows minute. That went longer than a minute. Well, quite a bit longer than a minute, but uh, yeah, I'll I, keep I'll keep everyone apprised of developments. If you... uh, speaking of developments, I did want to give a shout out. Uh, mentioned earlier on uh, Nina Matsumoto, um, uh, who is the third known as the third dragon yes. on this show. Yep. And we uh, we uh, together we uh, do uh, a book series called Sparks. Yeah. Uh, because uh, there's Sparks, there's Sparks Double Dog Dare that came out this year. Uh, Sparks. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the French version. Oh, Zap Du. Yeah, Zap Du. Is uh, Chien is uh, coming out June first. Uh, the uh, the French translation mm. of, uh, of of our book. So that's that's nice. Uh, and uh, and Nina's been very very hard at work for the past bunch of months on the uh, art for the third book. Yeah. And uh, we just got word before this episode that she has completed uh that oh nice so uh, ha, uh hooray halazoo uh, halay, <laughs> that's just freaking fantastic cool so uh yeah uh well everything's moving ahead uh with that so congratulations uh to nina who does such an amazing job you do an amazing job on the coloring as well thank you uh, and uh it's uh it's it's really nice to hear hey this is uh this is uh, becoming a nice real thing the third the third book and let me tell you <laughs> entirely the plot of it now it's about a vampire. He moves in with a family. <laughs> and there's two puncture marks. <laughs> no one knows what they are. Yeah, like, what's they must about? have caught himself in a bush, or maybe it was a... What do you guys think? Is this a mummy? No, no, no. It doesn't look like a mummy, but... All right, like a Frankenstein. No, I don't think it's a Frankenstein. How about a ghoul? No, I don't think it's a ghoul. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. What's a Frankenstein? What's a ghoul? Uh, what's, a go what's a goblin? Uh, what is that? I don't even know. I, I don't know you any know kind of mythical creatures at all in this. I don't even understand them. This looks like an Irishman. What? Get <laughs> Jason. You know the way to kill an Irishman is a stake through the heart. And a song in his heart. You got to put a stake through it and then put a song through it afterwards. <laughs> that's how you get the song in there, nice and deep. You make a hole with the stake. <laughs> what, I, what I don't like in every single goddamn vampire thing now, yeah, it's just like uh, there's always the one scene that goes, "Hey, you may have heard the way to kill a vampire." <laughs> you know, it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's like yeah, you know, stick to the heart of kill. We gotta kill anybody. 
the way you kill them, and they just make up like one or two extra rules. Yeah, yeah. And just like you're a dumbass for not knowing the real way to kill a vampire. <laughs> it's all dumbass things. <laughs> is it still garlic? Yeah. Well, just shut up. Shut up. <laughs> just, just say what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind if they change. I, I, to be honest, I don't mind if they change the what vampires are if that's what they want to do. But yeah, the whole idea of like having like a normal vampire, but then not kind of following the, the, the set, the precedent of the stake through the heart or whatever, it just feels, eh. If I was a vampire and I had the power to sort of cloud your mind or hypnotize you, yeah. what I would do mm-hmm. is I would go into the village yeah. and I would uh, hypnotize people and I would go, the only way to kill me is to overfeed me like a tick. You got to make me get too <laughs> fat with blood and I'll explode. So the thing to do is yeah. send a lot of people to me and have them give me their blood. That's the only way you can kill me. So make sure lots of blood, too much blood, and I will explode. So I'll let you know that much. Okay, well, anyway, we never had this conversation. Flappity, flappity, away, away, away. <laughs> I, think, I, think the, I think the vampire has to, drink, has to drink of you in order for it to have, have control of you. Oh, we can't just go up to a person? Yeah, he's no, no. Jedi. No, he's not a Jedi. <laughs> he's not a Jedi. I think he has to... He there's some sort of he's like got has to get his vampire antibodies into your bloodstream, you know. Wait a second. You know, are uh, are vampire are, are like Jedi's and Siths vampires? No. Yeah, I think they are. Do they drink blood? Well, well, you don't see that part. <laughs> well, then they are not vampires. But they do a lot of vampire stuff. Like like, uh, like what? Well, look at Darth Vader and how he dresses. <laughs> that is that is straight ass <laughs> vampire shit. But what about Johnny Elucard in Dracula 1971? Exactly. What are we talking about? I don't know. What's this? <laughs> oh, it's a Hammer uh, Dracula film called, I believe it's called Dracula 1971 or mm-hmm. or or, or Dracula AD or something like that. But anyway, it's uh, it has a character named Johnny Elucard, which you if you if you're smart right away, well, no, I shouldn't say if you're smart, but pretty you'll right away go, oh, that's Dracula backwards. So mm-hmm. come on, guys, get with the program. Why don't you pick that up right away? But yeah, it's like it takes place in the '70s, so he's like a hip, happening hippie vampire, wearing hippie oh, okay. clothes. All he's not right. dressed in dark yeah. clothes; he's dressed in the latest fashions. All right. And then he's killing people, and then he also he he um, puts a puts a girl on an altar in a church, and he's going to do some sort of satanic ritual. Luckily, they stop that from happening. Oh, that's good. Okay. Well, let's look at Christopher Lee. He's in a Hammer movie, and he's in a Star Wars movie, and he's basically he's a Dracula as well. Look, here, here's the thing. <laughs> he is not. A, he's not in that movie, though. That's that's one of the all right, the later fair. Hammer where they stopped using him all the time. You look at um, all right. Look at like the Emperor. That guy could be like if you if you went like let's visit the Vampire King. Yeah. And it was a guy like in a monk's hood. Yeah. That was all pale. With yeah. Those yellow eyes. Yeah. Who's all yeah yeah. <laughs> like, that's a that's a vampire guy, right? Well, that or a he's, South Park character. Yeah, he's immortal basically. Sure. He's pretty much immortal. Okay. And, you know, he's, his partner there is in a big Dracula cape, you know, who's, uh, you know, very, very tall. And and he uh, can choke you, you know, with his sort of magical powers. Now, yeah. I know I, I haven't seen a vampire do that, but I'm betting a vampire could do that. <laughs> I can feel like a vampire could gesture towards you and freeze you. And that's only if you only if he's only if he has uh, t- uh, tasted your blood. Maybe. It depends. You know, there's other rules. <laughs> there are no other rules. Yeah, I'm rules. only going by the original rules. I'm not letting I'm not letting anyone do all these changes. No, I think, except, for, uh, except for Supernatural can do the changes. That's fine. I think the Sith are vampires there. I, uh, I'm saying <laughs> we have... Listen, we this have is, some Star Wars experts. This is the epitome of... Uh, tell us 
facts about Star Wars. Sure. So uh, I'm going with. Let me just ask them. Are uh, how are Siths not vampires? They are. They're vampires. But how are Jedi vampires? Yeah, that's the thing. Jedi are the vampires that were good, so they get slain <laughs> different powers. I, I think I feel like I'm listening to a lot of theorizing and not a lot of evidence. Well, they can jump. They can jump high. Vampires can jump high. They got so, kind of supernatural strength. They can sense things. Vampires are good sensing things. <laughs> they don't control. Now listen, they All don't right. control animals. Yeah, but they can be but, in the sunlight. But they can't. Okay, well, here we'll talk in a second. No, no, you cannot talk about it in a second. All right, what's your, what's your situation with the sunlight? Well, va- va- vampires can't walk around in the sun. They have to sleep oh. during the day. They have to be in a coffin filled with yeah. earth, a particular kind of earth. Right. And they have to sleep in a coffin. They can't just where like. Does, uh, where does Obi Wan live? Where does he live? He lives in Tatooine, a, a, a planet with two suns, not just one sun. In a cave. Yeah, but he goes dirt. around in the daylight. Dirt. He is clearly no, he is no, no, clearly no, no, walking no, no, around no, in the no, day. No, 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 no. Here's your problem. Okay, here's, here's my problem. Vampire. Please tell me my problem. I will. I'll tell you right now, yep. and then you'll go. Oh, I'm sorry, and I apologize. <laughs> okay. So you know, get your apologizing. I'm uh, I'm ready. I'm uh, ready to apologize. Okay. Yep. Yep. One son kills a vampire. Uh-huh. Two sons uh, empower a vampire. So because there's two sons, uh-huh. they're fine. All right. I, I, will now ap- I will now apologize. One. I apologize. Yeah. I didn't realize you are going to make up new rules for, for vampires on the spur of the moment. Secondary, uh, second, second thing on this. Yeah. Is, um, you, like, in Star Wars... Someone goes, hey, that's a moon. Yeah. And then the person responds, that's not a moon. That's a battle station. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's what they say. Sure. So people are always confusing solar bodies with battle stations. That's true. What I'm saying to you is, you think those are suns. Mm-hmm. Those are battle stations. Those are two battle stations that are floating over <laughs> okay. Tatooine. All right. You're mistaking... You're mm-hmm. mistaking. The, also, all right. I didn't realize there was two death stars at this point. Oh no! Wait. I, no. Sorry. Erase all that. Fuck oh, it, okay. Fuck <laughs> <it>. <laughs> wait. No. No. This is all okay. part of lore now. This fuck is. It. No. No. I no. Got it. Wait. You want to strike? Wait. Just for a second. Do you want to strike this from the record? I want to strike everything from the record except for this, which is the thing. Okay. This is the thing. We got to start the show again then. No. 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 Oh, okay. I'm just going to tell you right now yep. why Tatooine yep. uh, doesn't uh, kill a vampire. All right. You're thinking. Not really. Those are sons. Mm-hmm. Dave, yeah. what is the movie called? Star Wars. Stars. They're stars. But star, the sun is a star. Stars don't kill a vampire. The sun is a star. Well, our sun is a star. You're correct. Yeah. But these aren't, these aren't suns. These are stars. But, these are two but stars. All, these are the all stars. Suns are, all suns are stars. These are Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. These are the stars. Yeah. These are the stars. Yeah. They're stars. They're not suns. Stars do not kill a vampire. A vampire walks out in, the star, in a starry night and doesn't go, oh, all these little suns. Uh-huh. It's like, no, because they're stars. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Our true. sun is the sun. Uh-huh. These, these, what you see in the sky, no yeah. one ever calls them suns. No one ever calls them suns. No, they're that's stars. true. Yeah, they're stars. They're Star Wars stars. Are you yeah, sure in the fine. prequels they don't call them they don't call them suns? Who, who would call them star uh, suns? I don't know. Just, I just asked you a question. No one does. They're stars. Yeah. So they're fine. Okay. And then Obi Wan goes Fair to enough. his cave and he sleeps yeah. in the thing. When you see when you see them walk in on Darth Vader yeah. at one point, yeah. uh, he's in this like sealed uh, containment unit he's that in, opens up. Yeah. The egg. And that's his coffin. Yeah. 
Oh, it's a high-tech coffin, that's for sure. It's a high-tech space star coffin. How come he's not sleeping in soil? How do you know? How do you know what's in the suit? Well, that's true. He might be sitting on it. Yeah. Or what's in the suit. And then he goes like, I soiled myself. Okay. <laughs> Wait, this isn't Star Wars. This is Spaceballs. That's why they call him Dirty Darth. That's why. Yeah. All right. Anyway, there you go. You, you're, you're, uh, well, you've convinced me. Jedi and Sith are vampires. All right. And if anyone wants to prove us wrong, uh, keep it to yourself. <laughs> That's right. We don't want to know. There's no reason. There's no reason. There's to, no reason to go on with this. There's no reason to tell us more about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're, no, 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 we're fine. no, no. Listen, no. I think we have, uh, I think we're doing a great job avoiding all the crazy shit in the world right now with all this bullshit. <laughs> this is, this is well done us. Well done us. Yep, we win. Um, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk towards Letter Lane right now. Oh, and we can we can always come back to other things. Sure. Just working my way towards it. Okay. You, uh, one of want. the questions we asked last week was, "What's your favorite snack food?" And I mm. realize that's no longer with us. And I realize I didn't mention squeeze a snack, which is the uh, which is uh, consistently my favorite snack food that doesn't exist. What is ski- squeeze a snack? Sorry. It was like um, oh, I think I know. Almost but like a sausage, uh, like a large sausage yeah. of cheese. Yeah, yeah. They squoze or squeeze, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it would come out in a star shape. That's right. It had a little screw cap on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it mm-hmm. had many uh, different flavors, uh, none of which were good except for the regular one. <laughs> so that was that's, huh. that's that was my favorite. So was that a craft one? Was it basically like yeah. it was basically craft? Like sorry, cream uh, whip. Oh, sorry, what is it? Um, cheese whiz in a in a tube, basically. Yeah, it was a little bit of a different. Yeah, texture. I guess it was a bit thinner, a bit thinner, so it squeezed out more easily. Yeah, I got uh, they got a they got a squeeze chart here. Yeah, there we go, craft. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you like yeah, they had bacon flavor, uh, one of the flavors there. Uh, hickory, garlic, heat, uh, that delicious flavor, heat, <laughs> um, sharp. That was the only yeah. good one. Yeah, and then uh, pimento. Pimento, wow. Heat, that's an interesting one there because I feel like when we grew up as children, there was no such thing as hot food. Like, we didn't have any spice in our in our food. No. My mom would put pepper. Well, I don't even I don't even have to. Tab- yeah. I don't think I had Tabasco sauce until I, I went to the States and ate it. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying, but you wouldn't have it in the house. No, and I don't even remember in a restaurant. I only remember like going to a Denny's. I never really ate in diners or anything as, as a kid, so... Mm-hmm. Or even as a as a young adult, I mostly ate like it like a fast food restaurant or 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 um, White Spot, which is essentially the same thing. Slightly yeah. a small step up from a fast food. White place. Spot would not have uh, a spicy yeah. sauce. Yeah, it was, that would that would kill people at White Spot. <laughs> it wasn't until I was older and went to like a Denny's on a road trip one time as, when I was a when I was a, a young adult. Then I was like, oh, this is Tabasco, which I never had before, and I thought, well, I got to try it. Because I don't even know what this is. Like, I, I know I knew what Tabasco sauce that there was such a thing as Tabasco sauce. I just didn't know what flavor it had or anything. So then I put it on the eggs, and, and I was surprised. It was quite hot. And uh, what was your feelings on it? My feelings was that I had to add some ketchup to kind of cut the, the effects of the Tabasco. Sure, no, that I, makes sense. I wasn't wasn't used to it. No, Later on, I got more used to, to hot food. But at that point in my life, because I you know I grew up in a, a family with uh, people who were of British. You know, British origins, you yeah, know, British even, land. Yeah. And so we had the traditional food of, 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 I don't know of England, because I think England actually does have like a lot of flavor in some of their food. But I feel like uh, 
my parents and my grandparents and people like that who inherited this British tradition here in Canada toned it down. Mm. We went from Wensleydale to cheddar, you know? We went from, like, pickled onions to pickles. We went from... We just, like, everything got a step down. We are just like, nope, we're not going to eat... No one here is going to eat a sandwich made of onions. That is not going to be a thing we do in Canada. Yeah, that was my dad. My my grandparents, I think, because uh, my grandfather was a smoker, mm-hmm. I had to go with the option of onion sandwich yeah. just to taste something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's not something uh, I grew up with, you know. I think now, like my, uh, like my niece and nephew... You know, again, they, uh, they they love Chinese food because uh, sure. that's the background. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of spice there they go with. But also things like hot wings are a regular thing that, you know, that's the adult food you want to try and is the challenge. And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can do that. No, I can't. It's like, you can't eat this. It's too spicy. Oh, no, I'll eat this. I'll have a thing. And so there's a, you know, you want to grow up, you're going to eat some hot wings. And then you build up your tolerance and you're like, hmm, I like spicy things. I'm adult. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there you go. Well, then it's okay. also kind of fun when you when you discover spice, spicy foods. You kind of, you're like, oh, I got to try this. Uh, this, And personally, I think it makes food taste better. I went with the girls on the weekend. We went out for what I call pho, but I've been told it's called pho. Yeah. But um, we went That's out. That's what I to, had for dinner, dinner tonight. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. So, yeah, there was a nice restaurant in Langley. So we went, we had gone to drop off some some uh, clothes and stuff like that at Value Village. Not my favorite place to drop things off at because I consider them kind of a rip-off, but everywhere else has really restrictive times right now for dropping off items. You know, it's like from one till four on weekdays and stuff, just like times when you're not, won't be able to do it. So we went on the weekend and we, we dropped off some stuff at Valley Village. We also went book shopping and I bought a few DVDs while I was there. But anyway, that's totally besides the point. Totally we besides were the point. dropping off Value Village stuff today as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the same life, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so I, I don't know, I saw some good DVDs and I bought them there. But anyway, and some good books. But anyhow, um, hey, we went to the restaurant for, 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 and um, yeah, I, unlike the girls who like, I add a lot of hot sauce to mine. I like it spicy. I like it real spicy. But the only problem with that was when I was talking I accidentally breathed some down my throat and then I coughed. And because I was eating really hot stuff, my nose was getting plugged up because my, my sinuses were opening up because of the heat. And I just had like this big, you know, like phlegm thing that came like flying out of my nose. Luckily, I had a napkin up to my face. So I just like, I caught it. It didn't go into my soup. But, uh, but yeah, whew, that was a close call. Close call. I like Hachi, that. Machi, <laughs> machi. So I, I like it hot. Some like it hot. Some like it hot, some sweat when the heat is on. Um, <laughs> what, t- uh, what TV show would you like to see remade? This was a question we asked. Mm. Uh, maybe to improve it or just for the pleasure of watching it anew. Yeah. You said you wanted to see all creatures great and small. Well, this was hilarious. The world uh, delighted because, of course, that came on this week. Well, it was so funny because, yeah, so, uh, Louise, thank you, you Louise. You wished for the end of COVID. No. <laughs> yeah, I had the power of wishing that day, and I, yeah. I made the wrong wish. I just, well, yeah. Renounce so. your wish. Okay. So, so um, yeah, I just mentioned that. And so Louise wrote to me. She didn't even write any, anything in the body of the... The, of the email she sent it just said in the subject line uh new all creatures great and small on kcts tonight at nine and so i was like oh so and then uh netty tebow also wrote and said that it was uh, you know on that night as well so thank you for writing and, and informing me that was you know just 
complete happenstance. I had no idea that there was a new show on, so I did watch it. And I, I thought it was pretty good. You know, I'm really, I am sort of married to the original one because that's, you know, the, the first one I saw. But what I did like about the new one is that they actually make James Harriet a Scottish, which he was a Scottish. He, in the story, he describes himself as being from Glasgow and blah, blah, blah. And so when the show came on, and I had read the books before I ever saw the show, when the show came on, I was, I think I was kind of taken aback, but they didn't have the Scottish accent at the time. But you get used to it. That that's they've made they've made this choice that everyone has to speak in or receive pronunciation on television, except for the characters from Yorkshire. Hello, Mister Area. But the, you know everyone else is just like speaks in this you know like they've been in the Royal Shakespeare Company or something. So so that was kind of nice. And then also as I kept saying throughout the show, boy, the women in in the Dales are beautiful. Over and over again, the girls were making fun of me. <laughs> well, they just they're like, Dad, it's totally your type. You. If, if a woman has blonde hair, you're just like, you could care less. But as soon as it's a brunette, you're like, oh, that's a good looking. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's true. I can't deny Check it. Check out them Dale gal. I can help it. I was, my, my whole romantic life was formed by Gregory's girl, you know. <laughs> if a girl looks yeah. like Claire Grogan, I'm like, woo, yeah. There you are. Uh, I would say if uh, someone wants to see a good parody of uh, All Creatures Great and Small, uh, look up the SCTV sketch, uh, All the Long-Leggedy Beasties. <laughs> I forgot that uh, one. Dave Thomas, yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, how to put him to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he, he's really into the money, and that's why he does it, because he likes to see movies. <laughs> uh, that's good. I'm not going to read any more of it. Yeah, yeah, don't. Watch, don't watch the hilarious Dave Thomas and all the long legged beasts. Oh, and the other thing about the show, the new show, yeah, is that I mean, the, the new show gets it wrong, and the old show gets it wrong as well, which is Siegfried in the book is described as tall and handsome and in the original Oscar using it great and small he is short and portly and in this new show he is short and portly but also hirsute he has a beard which is in no way fits the description of of Siegfried so I I don't know if they're like continuing on they're kind of like well we're gonna have some elements of the old show in this and we'll kind of keep to the the keep to the characters a little bit or we're just going to go our own way and hire the actors we think are are best for these roles and do they have a love of food in the in this show um because i know when you're talking about the books he describes food in uh, luxurious ways like he'll describe like mm. uh, eating a piece of toast with egg yeah yeah it'll just like be oh man good stuff well you know because the thing is is that it's taking place during the depression mm -hmm. it's the 30s so food was food probably wasn't like and he grew up in Glasgow. You know, his dad was a dock worker who somehow got his son through veterinary college. So, you know, there was some sacrifice in that family to get their son ahead in life. And so, the, you know, the food was probably thin on the ground for them. And so for James Harriet, not his real name, that's a pen name. I can't remember the name of the actual doctor, but um, he, he probably did, you know, because I do remember, like, that's, you know, reading about the Yorkshire puddings and he had, like, these really great descriptions and of course there's that one character who comes a bit later who always gets james into trouble because he's this character this the guy i can't remember his name now but he's this kind of really larger than life character who loves to eat and drink you know but he's the sort of person who can do that without any visible effects whereas james is completely wrecked by it you know he's like eating too much and drinking too much and he's just completely like wiped out by this whereas the other guy is just i think his name is like grenville or something but yeah it's uh it's quite a character. I'm really looking forward. I'm looking forward to meeting Tricky Woo, the small dog owned by this very wealthy woman who, of course, pampers her dog to the, to the nth degree. I'm really looking forward to that stuff. And uh, yeah, 
it only gets it only it will only get better is my opinion all right may become a segment on the show sometimes <laughs> we'll continue um, we'll continue on to, to talk matthew sanborn smith matthew Guys, hi Matthew. uh my favorite extinct snack is o'grady's potato chips made by frito-lay back in the 80s o'grady's were like ruffles but twice as thick i wow. still dream of them to this day that is pretty thick <laughs> uh, incidentally, as a teenager, I worked at a Frito-Lay plant uh, in the late 80s. Uh, I was living on my own, perpetually broke, and the lunchroom at Frito-Lay had cases and cases of potato chips lined up against the wall. Uh, employees were allowed to eat as many chips as we wanted while on breaks, but we couldn't take the bags out of the lunchroom. Of course not. Then you would be, what would they be, Dave, if they took them out of the lunchroom? Uh, what would they be? They'd be Frito Banditos? Yes. I regularly Whew. stuffed my greasy damn face. Uh, and uh, I had Merlin. We talked about Merlin the game. I love Merlin. Merlin was pretty great. Merlin was great. Scott McGinnis writes, Hey, guys. I don't know. Is it that way? <laughs> right. He actually said, Hi, guys. So that I think he oh, says it like the guy who's behind the mirror in that commercial. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad you enjoyed my letter last week. I it did enjoy your letter. We did very much. It was odd hearing my story from someone else. I've never heard it told before. I loved your uh, deep-fried baby joke, too, Ian. I, I don't totally remember what that was, but I take your word for it. Uh, it was that you said you wanted to eat a baby. Sure. You know, listen, I, I do. I'm, I'm much like the, uh, the tiger from Wizard of Oz that always wants to uh, eat a baby. Oh, I thought you were like, uh, a lot like the Sith. Oh, uh, yes. The, mm. Or Dracula. <laughs> Dracula would eat a baby. Or sure he would. Why not? Uh, it made me genuinely uh, laugh out loud. Uh, just in case you wanted to know if we all lived happily ever after. Oh, I do. Uh, here's chapter two. Okay. Uh, my dad ended up marrying a school teacher, someone a bit more acceptable, and was mm. happily married for the rest of his life. My mom never married again. Really? She had a couple of long-term relationships, but never really found the right man. Uh, she had another wee boy when I was 20. That was weird, suddenly having a sibling who was old enough uh, when I was old enough to be a father myself. But I love my wee brother. Uh, huh. Mom, ha- sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just said, huh? That's really, that's uh, fascinating. That's twenty, twenty-year age gap. That's quite a. That's. I guess you were basically the second babysitter in the house. Mom, mom ha- uh, was pretty happy in her life. She worked for Women's Aid and other uh, women's charities all her life. She helped countless women and children escape violent and abusive homes, and mm. I'm very proud of her. I was close to my mom right up until she died. But I, uh, I didn't have contact with my dad from the age of 16. That's sad. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'm married to a lovely woman, my best friend and soulmate. I just want to so, ask Scott one question before we go on for there. Sorry. Sure. Um, Scott, is that because your dad got married and had children of his own with, with his new wife? And that kind of... Anyway. Yeah, if you feel comfortable telling us, feel free. And if you don't, that is okay. And just tell Dave, hey, back off. <laughs> back off. Um, Dave, enough of these questions. You had some... Hey, back off. You had someone to send you a picture of their vision board last week, you weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pixar didn't happen. Why does he always say that? <laughs> uh, we celebrate We celebrate our 25th anniversary this coming June. Well, happy anniversary in advance. Hopefully everyone's vaccinated by that point. We want to do stuff. Um, as to this week's question, if I could bring back any snack, it would be Toast Toppers. They were made by Heinz. That sounds familiar. They were made by Heinz in the 70s and 80s. It was a gray beige gloop that you put on your toast uh-huh. and then whacked under the grill. Nobody had a toaster in those days. Uh-huh. Uh, there true. were uh, a few fairly indistinguishable flavors, all with cheese. Was any of them heat? <laughs> um, cheese and ham, cheese and mushroom, etc. 
they came in small tins that were just enough for two slices. They all looked the same and pretty much tasted the same. When they came out from under the grill, they were hotter than the sun. <laughs> Very nearly as hot as McDonald's apple pie. Uh, they developed a kind of skin on the top, uh, like the skin on custard. And when you bit into it, the molten goo stuck to the roof of your mouth, setting you up for a cocktail of scalding heat and cheesy tastiness. God knows what chemical concoction went into them, but whatever it was, it was delicious. <laughs> ah, the olden days. What the hell were we eating? Probably <laughs> Probably uh, Stay yeah. safe, stay healthy, and stay sneaky. Scott. We will stay sneaky. All right. I'm going to read one more, and then I'm going to uh, toss it over to you. Oh. Um, Louise. Louise. Uh, right. I'd like to see a remake of the 1983 BBC miniseries of Jane Eyre that starred Timothy Dalton and Zayla Clark. Is that how you pronounce her name? Zayla? Um it's well acted, but has that videotape play look of the time. Mm. They can Bridger Bridgerton it up a little uh, if they want, as long as they don't narrow the lead character's twenty-year age gap. Yes. Oh, that's usually the age between someone and their wee brother. <laughs> the power differential between the characters and how it gets flipped is part of the story. Yeah. And don't make them too pretty like they did with the 2011 movie where they cast Mia. Uh, Was oh boy, here we go. Wasikowski. Was yeah, thank you very much. And Michael Fassbender. Uh, Jane is supposed to be plain. That's one of her insecurities. Mm. And Rochester is supposed to be not as handsome. Uh, so you know, uh, the other women in the story have only wanted to marry him for his money and status. Interesting. There you go. If you want a nice parody version of Jane Eyre, SCTV has one. <laughs> uh, Martin called Jane Airhead. That is uh, very good. So look, just also go look up. Lots of SCTV stuff. You'll be uh, you'll be very happy. Dave, would you mind taking on the Edward Dragansky letters? Sure, I'll take on the Ed Edward Dragansky letters. In fact, I'm going to go a little bit past into the past. Okay. Back to episode 474, where Ed wrote, oh. "I realize it's way past the episode, but I'll take this opportunity to say that I think the name Laurel is a very beautiful name. I like it much better than Marta. Hmm. I agree, it's better than Marta. But for episode." Episode. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm keep. I'm. I do, I do it differently. I go through my emails, so I kept finding ones he wrote for listening party. These. This is one he wrote for episode 475. It says, "There are so many television shows that I think deserve another shot. Whether it's because the show was once popular and someone thought that lightning could strike twice, or because someone thought a reboot reboot was a good idea. These ideas aren't always good ideas. But I have my selfish favorites. I'd like to see." or fantasize about being made. I think my top choice is the Wild Wild West, based on the Robert Conrad and Ross Martin series. Not that film with Will Smith. Instead of the campy 60s set stylings, make it a realistic yet period western with elements of innovative weaponry and gimmicks like 007 in the 1870s. Which that kind of, the show kind of did have that to it. Wes and Gordon were the first government agents... Uh, to President Grant, so have them fight against espionage and thwarting evil plans while using over-the-top steam-powered gadgets and disguises. I think a good Western show works, and add an element of late 19th century tech to it, and you'd get Hell on Wheels meets Briscoe County Jr. I feel like with Briscoe County Jr., they're kind of going in that direction, but never committed to it. Yeah. And I think that was one of the weaknesses of that show, is it, it was kind of straddling two stools and couldn't quite couldn't quite decide what it was. I say, I say, bring it back with like uh, 
Chris Campbell at the age he is now, but now he's grizzled. <laughs> he's grizzled. He's seen some stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, he, he's the mentor now. Uh, let's see what she can do with that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Ed goes on to say, if I could see a sitcom comeback, it would be Cheers, but maybe only for a special or a miniseries. All the actors are still around. Oh, yeah? What about... Anyway. All the actors are still around, and I'd be curious to see what's going on at the bar these days. It may not be a smart move because the show had such a solid ending, but I'd be curious to see them all together one more time before it's too late. Yeah, Ted Danson is actually in a TV show that we watched the pilot of yesterday called Mr. Mayor. That's oh, yeah. put together by the same people who did 30 Rock. Okay. And uh, very few pilots hit the ground running. This one did. So, oh, that's funny. I read a bad review of it in the paper. I didn't read it. I saw a bad review of it in the paper this morning. They're uh, incorrect. But you disagree. Uh, that's interesting. I may, I may yeah, walk. I'll yeah. give it a try. I'll give it a try. Yeah, I guess I always like think with a pilot, like, oh, boy. you got to really introduce all these characters. But they actually yeah. had some very funny laugh-out-loud jokes. So. Oh, good, okay. Hey, there we go. I mean, that'd be hilarious. I mean, it'd be great if he was in another successful sitcom, because that guy is a sitcom, I mean, not just Cheers, but Becker, and then The Good Place. And it's just in a sitcom, but it's a good comedy, yeah. And then... Um, Very good in Fargo. The Good Place yeah. is in a sitcom? Uh, no, it's not a situation comedy, no. Hmm. No. What makes it a situation comedy? That it's situated in one place, or...? I think so, yeah. I think uh, it's structured in one location, and that's that's basically taking place I... all around the universe and beyond, yeah. But I mean, yeah, but I think a situation comedy is the situation is the comedy, not... The situation the characters are in is the comedy, not... Isn't that... Okay. So I think now, the, would you say a situation comedy can be um, a single camera? Yep. Doesn't have to be three camera shoot sitcom. Because no. I think sitcoms, I think three camera live audience. Yeah, but I think I think that's changed. I, I think that I mean originally they would have been live, and that's why the three camera thing was that was. Would you think? Uh, let's go Arrested Development. Is that a sitcom? Yeah. I don't think that's a sitcom. <laughs> okay. I think it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a sitcom. Office, I think is a sitcom. But I think sitcom. But, sit- I don't think but see, because. A sitcom was just called that to differentiate it from a variety show, like your show of shows. Yeah, you know. I and so when I get why you're saying it, but I think when people think sitcom, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Quite, listen, we had a we had a film noir, uh, film noir, Hedberg detective. Uh, my my own, uh, you know, being fussy about the parsing of that. That's fine. I I I understand if you want to create a different category for shows like. The good place, or, or um, Arrested Development and stuff, where it's, you know, it's more, it's more, more produced, more. Yeah, I might yeah. be, I might be wrong. I might be wrong about it. Yeah. That's fine. You're just okay. That's fine. No, you can't be wrong. There's no wrong or right. I really no, liked. What's right? Words matter. Words have meanings. So it's like I can't. I could be wrong, you know. But like, a, what's a sitcom? Oh, it's a thing where people get uh, murdered every week and they solve the mystery. <laughs> That's a sitcom. <laughs> No, but I just mean within what we're talking about. About a detective that solves. Okay, okay. I was trying to be polite, but I will state for the record that I am right and you're wrong. All right. I'm gonna go on and finish reading Ed Sardine. I already liked Ian's solution. I wrote sitcom to the past. Go ahead, continue, please. I really liked Ian's. Oh, you're pulling, pulling your. Uh... I'm pulling that I did the job that we're talking about. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, so you were a firefighter, were you? Okay, go ahead. I really liked Ian's solution to the X Files. Yay! I, I struggled with that show and the constant skeptic versus truth aspect for far too long. I don't think I ever saw it 
through due to the fact that there wasn't really a payoff to it. I think Ian's plan, I, I'm, I'm the same as you, Ed. I got tired of the conspiracy part of it. I just, I'm not a conspiracy fan, I think, and uh, so I just found that part really irksome. I think Ian's plan would work to bring the X-Files back with a solid direction with its use of supernatural characters to fight an invasion. I don't, have a, I don't have a writer's mind to see anything through like that, but I'd watch it again if the show went in Ian's direction. I remember watching the X-Files movie years ago, which shot up by you guys in Vancouver, if I'm remembering correctly. You are correct, sir, although the second season, or sometime later on in the show, they, they moved it to L.A., and I think that the show suffered from that because it needed that gloomy Vancouver, yeah. rainy, terrible weather that drove, drove um, the guy who played uh, Mulder away. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Sorry. That guy. David David Duchovny. David Duchovny. There you go. Yep. Uh, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly, Scully and Mulder traveled to Dallas in the film, but you could still see mountains in the background. Well, you should see the ma- mountains in the, in the Bronx as well. Yeah. If the, you're, the Jackie Chan movie. Yeah. yeah if you're in uh, yeah, the rumbling and there's mountains in the background. What a, what a strange Bronx. Uh, if you're in Dallas and you have to travel at least... Sorry. If you're in Dallas, you have to travel at least a day before you see one mountain. We're all flat here. Well, it feels like that's your X-File. It's like you're in Dallas and someone looks over and goes, are those mountains? <laughs> yeah. What the hell's going on? <laughs> that's, your, that's your story. Where'd those mountains come from? And then you got to like deal with that. And they got to climb a mountain to find out where these mountains came from. By the way, that was a great theme song. The, the oh, thing. yeah. And you, you know the lyrics, right? I do not. Okay, the lyrics were. Yep. Uh, and this is I, I got I got the official lyrics. Yeah. From from friend Dean Hagland, who okay. was a regular on the show. Sure. Uh, this um, has since been repeated. Yeah. By Jillian Anderson. Okay. On other talk shows. Yeah. This is the X Files show with music by Mark Snow. Mark Snow. Mark Snow. <laughs> the music's by Mark Snow. And that's that's the lyrics to the X Files. Huh. Mark and you'll Snow. You'll never forget who uh, wrote the music. Interesting. To the X-Files. Yeah. Any any relation to Mark Frost from Twin Peaks? Uh, it comes comes a little later. The snow comes after. Oh, uh, okay. By the way, uh, there is a new X Files uh, series that is coming out. Oh. Uh, that is uh, X Files Albuquerque. This is real uh, on Fox. <laughs> okay. And it's by the creators of Paradise PD and uh, Brickleberry, and it's animated. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's uh, it's you know, there's other X Files around the country, and this, we're going to visit one of them. And it's in Albuquerque, so you know it's going to be a lot of hillbilly jokes. Well, it's going to be what it's going to oh, be. Oh wait, no, that's in New Mexico, isn't it? It's in New Mexico because they give you tax credits. That's why it's in New Mexico. <laughs> that's why Breaking Bad was in New Mexico. Yeah, and uh, good for that. It was a good look. Yeah, they also they also filmed Longmire, which is supposed to take place like in like in uh, Montana, but they filmed that in New Mexico as well. I think they justified why on Stargate, which they shot here, yeah. Stargate SG-1 and the other Stargates, mm-hmm. why every planet looks the same when you show up with the same trees. <laughs> and I think the justification, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. was because these Stargates sometimes open, yeah. then the seeds oh. from the different woods, yeah. they're connected, like blow into the other area. So if you're around a Stargate, it will always have the same type of trees because yeah, that's why. Because uh, you know, uh, they're all they're all connected in that way, and occasionally open up, and you get you get cross pollination, and mm. there you go. Mm. So they're always going to look like the woods in Vancouver. Yeah, that TV show, The One Hundred. If it's still yep. if it's still being filmed, they should like have an episode where just for like a brief 
couple of seconds, a Stargate appears, <laughs> and the Stargate actors are looking through the Stargate at the 100 people, like kind of the situation, and then it just kind of blinks oh, away again. 100% they should do that for so many shows. They should have the Stargate <laughs> open and look through. The 100 is done now, unfortunately. Oh, too bad. I still don't know if my... Uh, my I have a friend who is one of the 100. Yes, that's and, right. Uh, I don't know if they survived. Mm. Right mm. I should look it up. You could? Or watch the show. I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> no. I'll just look it up. There's 100 episodes. Ugh. Okay, fine. I hear it's good, but, uh, you know, it's fine. I'm going to go on to finish Ed's email here. Are you? All right, fine. Uh, I ate Hostess Ding-Dongs as a kid, which were oh. round chocolate frosted cakes with white cream inside. Did we have Hostess Ding-Dongs up here, or do we get the, the, the Quebec equivalent? Okay, there's a couple of things. Okay. One, there are two things that are exactly the same. All right. There are Ding-Dongs, yes. and they are King Dong. King Dongs. Not King Dongs. Okay. He's not King of the Dongs. Okay. That is not what he is. Yeah. Uh, and both are almost exactly the same. So they're there. They're basically okay. a variation on a Swiss roll. What I see. We had, though, in Canada, you're right, depending on what part of Canada you're in, yeah. you might get a, a, a King Dong or a Ding Dong. Back in the day, it was a Ding Dong wrapped in foil. Um, the only one of the things that they host is things wrapped in foil. Yeah. Um, what you would have gotten was a uh, Jos Louis. And Just Louis were very uh, similar in, uh, in the were chocolate cake with like a cream filling as well. Yeah, and it was it was it was very nice. The king, the Ding Dongs, and the King Dongs were not a million miles away from the cupcakes uh, either in terms of cake or, mm, or mm, but mm. they seemed to be more. You got more to them. Yeah, I don't remember seeing Hostess as a kid, but Vachon was like a common yeah. common with the Mae West and the Just Louis. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the uh, Half Moons. Which I always thought were called Joe Joe Lewis when I was a kid. Oh. I, I somehow skipped the S part of it. Oh, yeah. That, you know what? Probably a lot of people thought that. Hostess also made orange-flavored ding-dongs, which I think were also called big wheels at some point. Well, big wheels were different where we were from. But if you buy a big wheel now, they're not big. They're not yeah, big. And I don't, even think it's, I don't even think it's because we're growing up and our hands are smaller. I think uh, that they shrunk uh, them. I think they did shrink them. I, I think, think they, they shrunk them down, down. yeah. Cheap with a big wheel. Uh, and, and it's possible that big wheels were something different in the States that they, than they were That's in true. That's Canada, true. possibly. Most of the snack foods I enjoyed as a kid are still available today, but I don't think those orange ding-dongs are. They might put huh. me into diabetic shock, but I'd like to at least taste one again. I also remember banana-flavored Twinkies from years ago. Banana-flavored, blah! Maybe called banana flips? That doesn't really sound too good to me, but it's another long-gone snack food I remember. The pool in my neighborhood used to sell zero candy bars and the orange-flavored crackers with peanut butter filling. I haven't seen either in years, but I'm sure they're out there somewhere. They just evoke some great memories of summer at the pool for me. Okay, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they do not have the orange uh, ding-dongs anymore, or they were ding-dongs, orange ding-dongs. Yeah. Uh, and you are correct that the big wheels, there were hostess big wheels, were the same thing as well. Oh, they were they were the same uh, treat. Uh, who you know you will not probably see as much now because they had uh, as their mascot uh, Chief Big Wheel. <laughs> All right. So oh, I just realized I was mixed up. Ours were called wagon wheels. That's correct. That's so what I was mixed up. Yeah, Chief Big Wheel. He's got. He looks exactly like you think he looked. He's got the nose you expect. Okay. He's got the tomahawk. Uh. 
Uh, he's got. He, he is who you expect him to be. Mm -hmm. So, so there you go. So, so you will not be seeing uh, Chief Big Wheel probably again. He will. He, you know, his day is done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there, there you go. Uh, they do sell as well. Um, uh, cup. It looks like uh, Hostess desserts that are flavored like this that you can make at home. Oh. So like layered uh, uh, creams and, and whatnot. So that's also a different thing that they got. But yeah. Huh. So it looks like there's three things that are the same thing: big wheels, yep. uh, ding dongs, and king king dons. <laughs> All right, cool. This is the kind of conversation I love having. <laughs> I, know. I love doing a deep dive into this shit. You know, I, I don't think I don't. I honestly, I must have like the most basic snack taste because I don't think there's a single snack that I enjoyed as a kid that I could not get nowadays. Like, <laughs> do they still make what were those ones called? Pep Pepo Mint? No, the bars were. Pep chews? Do they still make pep chews? Yeah, you can get a pep chew. Yeah. Oh, right. so I can still get those. And people will sometimes go, uh, "Oh, I, I, I really would like um, whatever a wigwag, but a wigwag, it's a chocolate bar. Yeah, is uh, curly whirly. It's curly whirly, yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly the same thing, and mm -hmm. it used to be called back in the day, day. Yeah. A marathon bar before it was uh, before it was uh, a wigwag. Oh, because yeah. the curly whirly bar is the British name for them. Yeah. And, so and because it's British, the chocolate is better than the chocolate you would get here anyway. So, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nom, 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 <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, there's nothing that I enjoyed as a kid that I couldn't just walk uh, to a store now and buy buy for myself. Let me tell you what the situation is with the with the big wheels and the ring dings. Okay. Uh, okay, so here's the, th here's the situation. Sure. Uh, they were called uh, ding-dongs originally, okay? Okay. Uh, but then... Uh, there was a Drake's Cake product called Ring Dings. Okay. Ring Dings. Uh, it just sounded too close, so they called them Big Wheels. And then later, just they changed it to it looks like uh, King King Dons. Oh, I see. Yeah. So 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 there you are. That's a weird. Uh, that's a weird name, King Dong. Just because it, it, you want to say King Dong because you're thinking of King Kong. Mm. And then. There, they throw that King Don at you, and that because it doesn't make any sense. Why is it called a King Don? Who is Don? Why is he king? Why has his name been given to this uh, Ding Dong thing? And also, right. you, you, also, you're thinking of Ding Dongs when you look see a King Don, you think, well, Ding Dong. So, yeah, the uh, the the mascot of Ding Dongs was King Ding Dong, and, uh, then, uh, and then I think so uh, when they marketed the King Dons, yeah, they already yeah. had basically a character. It was, sure. uh, you're ready, you're ready to go. Gotcha. And you could ditch, uh, chief big stereotype. <laughs> so, He's, uh, yeah. Ed finishes up by saying, I too had a Merlin toy and I loved it. I remember, I remember getting it as a Christmas gift in the late seventies and everyone in the family enjoyed its many functions. We never had Simon. So Merlin had no competition in our household. Later came Omnibot and Big Track which were also programmable toys that performed an array of functions. But Merlin was the one that started it all. Good old Merlin. Nice. Yeah, it really delivered. It was, uh, it was pretty great. Yeah. All right. uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of good news on the Twinkie front. Oh, okay. Uh, the uh, banana Twinkie exists still. Uh. So uh, if uh, anyone is interested in that, uh, you can order that. You can just go to Amazon. You can go to uh, other places. Mm. Uh, they have minions on them, I you know. Yeah. But but if you if you can if, if you're okay with that, then uh, enjoy. 
I bet you Minions are banana flavored. I just do not like banana flavor. I don't. Okay. Especially these banana flavored Slurpees. Oh yeah, no, that's a that's nonsense. It just overwhelms everything else. You can't. All you can taste is banana. Bah. Yeah, that's complete nonsense. Bah. Okay. Do you want me to... Now Edward's going to crack a mystery for us. I'm so excited. <laughs> you want me to read this one too? Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you can read that one. That'd okay. So Ed, Ed has written again. This is the last letter, of course, from Ed. Ed was in again at the last... Yay! Living up to my reputation as your Star Wars informant, I feel I need to answer your question concerning Darth Maul, asked in episode 474. How did this bastard live through being sliced in half by... He said Obi-Wan... Oh, by Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's right. Yeah. It was Obi-Wan Kenobi. In The Phantom Menace. Yes, how? The Star Wars story explanation is a little contrived, and we as fans didn't know this until Maul's return in the animated Clone Wars series and at the end of Solo, a Star Wars story, as a hologram. According to Wikipedia, it says, <laughs> However, through his hate and will to survive, Maul used the Force to grab an air vent as he was tumbling down the reactor shaft and eventually made it to a trash container. Mm-hmm. A combination of his night sister magics... Mm-hmm. Spelt CKS at the end there, of course, that makes it more official. Death, right. Dathomirian physiology uh-huh. and Sith tenacity and his vampirism served to keep him <laughs> tethered to life even as his sanity began to leave him. And he watched his ass go down the tube. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Maul is a Zabrak by species, but was born on Dathomir. So in many cases, he's referred to as. Dathomirian, and apparently is quite resilient since he was raised with Night Sister magic. I do like the name Night Sister magic. So, so he when he's like near, okay, so he's Darth, he's Darth Maul, but he's also a Dath. So he's a Darth Dath. He's a. Do you say yeah? He's a Dathomir. Dathomir. The Dathomir. So I would say like you know he's a Dath. Yeah. Darth. He's he's a Dath Darth Maul. That. Yeah. Ridiculous. He's a Zabrakian. He's a Zabrakian Dathomirian who has Night Sister magic. The product, the production explanation of Maul's return is simple. He's a fan favorite and was written back into the timeline after the prequels, much the way Boba Fett was resurrected for the Mandalorian. The crowd goes wild, the screen fades to black, and you guys now know more than you probably care to about all this. Okay, here's my question then to you. Sorry, Edward. Back to Ed. Follow-up question. Yep. Point of order. Um, You're just throwing out this term of like, and also, of course, Night Sister Magic. Um, <laughs> all right. And also, of course, Magic. Wizard did it. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, we, we live in a world where there's the Force. Yeah. And the Force is basically magic. Sure. So is, uh, and we've got a dark side to magic. We've got a light side to, uh, sorry, a dark side to the Force. Yeah. We've got a light side. Yeah. Um, so are you telling me that in this universe, the, yeah. the Star Wars universe, yeah. there's also a complete side thing <laughs> where you could just go... Magic, mm-hmm. and it seems like when you're saying Night Sister, wink, that seems to be saying dark magic. Yeah. So, uh, two questions. One, is this in any way connected to the Force, or is it a separate thing? Why the hell don't people learn this in Frank the Empire? Would anyway? Uh, but does that mean that the, if there's Night Sister magic, that leads me to believe there is a bet, like a nice magic, that's for good people that they can learn. Uh, and it's like, you know, light brother magic or something. Or light bright. Light bright magic. Um, is, is that a thing? Uh, or, is, yeah, wh- where did magic show up? Well, night, night bright is magic. Oh, man. That is a fact. That is a fact. Okay. Because you can stick little plastic pegs through a black piece of paper and they glow. Well, that's light bright. That's, that's not night bright. Oh, sorry. 
Like bright, making things with light. What a sight, making Never mind. things with light bright. Never Put mind. them on the shag carpet, make your dad scream. Make him mad, make him scratch. <laughs> so we had a couple of emails. Oh, okay. Our first e- email is from Jada Jackman. Jada wrote, if you remember last time I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, I creepily asked to see her vision board. And Jada wrote back and wisely said, well, first she says, hi, Dave. And maybe Ian? Last show, you asked to see the vision board I created, but unfortunately, it just has too many personal pictures, pictures of people I know to feel comfortable sharing. I tried to think of a way to get around this, but to no avail. No worries, though. I don't think you're missing much. Well, I figured that was the case, Jade, and that's why I put a lot of caveats in there that if you weren't comfortable sharing it, that was fine. And actually, I looked up on my own, I just looked up images of vision boards, and I, you know, just to kind of get an idea of what they were, because I'd never seen one or even heard of that before. Or maybe heard of it, but never, and didn't ring as something that people actually did, and when I heard you, you did it. But I think actually it's a good idea to do vision boards. I think that's, I think that's a really good idea. Nice. I think that's, to kind of put, to kind of mark out in, in a visual form your plans, I think that's, just, that's very smart. That's very smart. And then our second email is from... Uh, uh, sorry, so I just want to say... So thank you, Jade. I hope I didn't make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel guilty because uh, that is perfectly fine that you c- could not send the picture. Do not worry. <laughs> now, Kanan writes to say... <laughs> he says, hey, sneakers, your laces are undone. And then in brackets, he says, and your dragons are out. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I did look to see if my laces were undone. So I got some answers to questions. First, firstly, being old. Oh, sorry. Yes. Firstly, he put a. He put a. He put. Sorry, you put the apostrophe in in the wrong place here. Oh no. Kane, and you put it should. It should be firstly, comma. I said apostrophe. Sorry, I meant comma. Firstly, comma, being old, comma, TV shows that I'd like to see re- remade, the goodies. I've watched it recently, within the last few years, and it's still pretty funny. But the nature of the goodies was that it was experimental. They were basically handed the keys to the funky new digital editing suites and told, have at it. And that's how you got Singing Animals and Kitten Kong and various other ridiculous things on a TV budget. There are so many more experimental things you could do now with media. And three young comedians who could stretch the limits if given the space and money to go nuts. They might need the guiding hand of a seasoned scriptwriter, however. Yeah, that's true. I think... I think that's a good description of the goodies, that it was a very cutting-edge show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think it works better if you are old, like us, because it definitely speaks to our generation. And we can overlook a lot of the sins of, of the special effects of the show, because we grew up with that, and we don't look at it and go, how weird. It has a slight, it has a slight kind of edge around this image I'm looking at. I wonder what that means. It means they're using blue screen. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the goodies... A live-action update of Banana Man a la The Tick could be fun. Ian, do you know who Banana Man is? I don't. Tell me more. <laughs> he does not say any more about it. That's why I'm asking you. Okay. Is he related to bananas and pajamas? I wonder if uh, he has access to these banana uh, uh, Twinkies. Is he, yeah, is he banana-flavored? Because if that's the case, blah. Uh, I'm, oh, sorry. I'm very curious, though. You may be curious. You can look it up. Also... I'd like to see a continuation of Dead Like Me as an animated series, mostly because George died as an 18-year-old, and that actress must be 40 by now. Who played that role? Do you remember who played the role of uh, George in the Dead Like Me? Oh. I feel like it was somebody that we should know. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Uh, no, I know who it was. Oh. It, uh, Elliot um, Page, right? 
That could be. All right, one second. I'm gonna look it up. They're like me. And so, I can't the roll of roll of George. Here we go. Get, we're getting it. We're getting it. May, I may be wrong. We're getting it. We're getting the we're getting the character. Uh, Ellen Muth. Oh, okay. I was wrong. But they left lots of plots dangling and a tease of a whole other world they never got to go into of kids who die young and become reapers for animal souls. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Even as a comic. Mm. Was Sn- it ever a comic? I got look that up. Snack food <laughs> I miss. Snack food I miss. For a while there, they had dark chocolate M&Ms. Now they don't. Mm. Mars can suck it. Well, you know what, guys? I don't like M&Ms, and I don't like dark chocolate, so... I'm okay with the <laughs> with Mars not having those, but if you uh, like it, uh, go for it. I I I think they still have dark chocolate M Ms. Kanan, maybe the stores you've been going to don't have dark chocolate M Ms. Yeah, let me. Uh, where where is uh, where is Kanan? Kanan's in Australia. No, no, he's in Calgary. Calgary, all right. Well, then. Which is as close to Australia as you can get in Canada. Oh, of course, I knew that. I'm, I apologize, Kanan. Let me uh, let me check this out. Let me see if I can hook you up. Dave, keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm sure, gonna you look it up. I'm gonna so. Kanan goes on to say, back to 474, episode 474, he means everyone. He didn't mean the year 474. By the way, yes. Yes, Kanan, you can. You can. So, Amazon.ca. We're not sponsored by Amazon by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, yes, indeed, you can get yourself a nice big old bag of M&M's, dark chocolate candy, sharing size, 286 grams. Uh, It is an American product, but you can get it at Amazon Prime. They're going to ship that to you tomorrow, man. Boom. Right to you. Boom, boom. Ba-bam. Zammo. There you go. Or some, from somewhere else. It uh, exists. Are you happy to hear that, Keenan? Or are you the sort of person, kind of like me, who feels like that's a lot of bother to go to to buy candy? So you'd rather just do pick you, it up in a store when you're yeah, there. Do you want them with peanuts, <laughs> sir? Let me Even worse. Oh. Yeah, they got them with blah. peanuts as well. Blah. Knock yourself out. Family size we got them in. We got sharing size. We've got uh, oh, so many different types. Here's the thing about M and M's, and I, I mean, and M and M's versus Smarties, and I understand why some people don't like Smarties, which is that Smarties are more candy-like than M and M's are. M and M's have a very thin shell around the chocolate. It's basically there so it doesn't melt in your hand. We all know that. But Smarties have a very thick shell of candy with the chocolate inside that. And I much prefer one thing. I prefer the texture of a, like like cold Smarties. Uh, with that are even harder to bite on, and then I just and then more. I just like the candy part of it, really. Sounds like you want to choke. <laughs> this is what you're going for. <laughs> I just just like to take I like to take risks in life. Yeah, well, nice choking hazard. Yeah, yeah. I don't bother chewing things when I'm eating my food. Yeah. I just bite it and then try to swallow it. Yeah, it's yeah. a bite it. It's the bite it challenge. All the meat I eat is slightly undercooked so that it's more stringy. And the fat is like not quite, it won't, it, you know, it's not easily to chew so that when I don't chew and I swallow, then the fat kind of acts as like a yo-yo as the meat goes down my throat. Dave, and it's a family show. <laughs> Come on. Settle, settle down. Settle my family understands. <laughs> That's how you get a family. <laughs> Back to 474. Once again, yeah. episode 474, not 474 AD or BC. My New Year's resolution is to get my webcomic back up and running. And as, yeah, that'd be great. Please do that. And as for alternate names, question mark, my mom, who isn't religious at all, so I don't know why she has a, such a fascination with Jewish names, though there is a Jewish lineage on my mom's side. But if I hadn't been Canaan, I was going to be Moshi. So oh. as much shit as I got in school for Canaan, 
I narrowly avoided starting my own fertilizer farm, a sewerage plant, and basically bathing in a fuck ton of shit until I finished university, if I even made it that far. Apologies to anyone named Moshi. <laughs> also, I just wanted to say, I've been listening to you guys now since May or June of 2012. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that is pretty early, considering we started in November of 2011. You have been, you've been a long-time listener. You are officially a long-time listener, Kanan. I always like to see who I'm sharing a space with at, a com- at comic conventions, and <clears throat> I was diagonally opposite your table at VanCaf. So I listened to an episode and never stopped. Oh. That's great. That's very, very sweet. I seem to... I, I remember Kanan being at VanCaf, but I'm not sure if I bought the first Max over Axe uh, at Fan Expo that year or at VanCaf. Were you at both shows, Kanan? I don't remember. And I can't, so I, I feel like I saw you at VanCaf and I remember you being there, but I'm not sure if I bought the book there, the first book, or if I bought it at Fan Expo. Hmm. You can explain if you remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where I bought. I want to. I think it's like San Diego, but I don't know if that's true. Mm. That's the first thing that pops in my head. Okay. Where I bought uh, Max over X. Yeah, you just wanted yeah. to. You just wanted to sound bigger. Yeah. Thanks. A big shot. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Big shot. Yep. Keenan goes on to say, to put that in perspective, my son was born in November of 2013, so I've been listening to this show longer than I've been changing shitty nappies and denying <laughs> requests to watch shitty YouTube videos. I wonder how your other listeners found you, and how long ago. Thanks, guys. Back to my hole I go, Kanan. Thank you, Kanan, for your, for writing. That's wonderful. And I think Kanan has supplied us with a really good question of the week. Yeah, how, how, uh, how'd you get here? <laughs> how did you get here? And how long? How long ago? Yeah. What, I ha- you, what will it take to make you leave? I have ideas. I know there's been, been various different entries, entryways into the show. And so, yeah, we're curious. How did you discover us? And how long have you been, have you been listening? And, uh, yeah, let us know. I like it. I love it. Uh, the other question I'd like to ask is, uh, you're talking about, uh, you know, that you're watching this soap opera now. Yeah. Uh, now, this isn't necessarily what's a show, that what's a TV show that, like, you know, is your favorite show or what? I'm not asking that. I'm asking what show, and it can't even be a show that's not that good. Yeah. Is what show were you addicted to? Mm. That you just had to watch like every every uh, episode for at least a period of time, like one that I, I the first one I, I remember like super binging was uh was um uh, we got some videotapes of Robotech. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And, and it was just like it wasn't that it was the greatest show in the world. No. It was just like when you got to the end of an episode, you're just like we'll put another one in. And like I remember like feeling ill. I was up so late watching. The Tales of Min May, and uh, you know all the, all the, and then the, and then when it was done, it was like, oh, it's done. Yeah. You know, there's a second Robotech series. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay, and I don't know if I made it through that one, but uh, I was really <sighs> addicted to the first. One. I guess there'd be two shows that I was I was obsessed with. One was The Monkeys. Okay. I loved that show as a kid. I used to. I would take my tape recorder and I would record the show onto my tape recorder so I could listen to it again, and particularly the music. I'd often, sometimes I wouldn't record the whole show, I would just record the musical segments, which almost always had my brothers yelling at me in the segment because they thought it was hilarious to interrupt when I was taping. No, brothers. Yes, brothers. <clears throat> and the other show would be Monty Python's Flying Circus. That was another show I was obsessed with. So when I started okay. watching that, I think I discovered it in grade five, I became obsessed with 
seeing it again and finding it again and watching it. I also I also taped that show onto cassette tapes. I had a, a collection of like the first couple of seasons on cassette tape that I could like listen to all the shows on. This is before VCR, before VHS tape. So this was the only way to like have them. And then I of course bought the books, and then I bought the records, and so I was very obsessed with that show for a long time. Those that, that, that would be my shows. But let's tell us, please tell us what show you were addicted to. <laughs> and Ian, I before we go, I have one more thing. We have a surprise. This episode. Okay, can I can I say one thing before you do that? Because uh, sure, I set it up, really set it up, but yeah, I totally wreck it. That's fine. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> I just, so I just because uh, I was looking to see if you could get uh, uh, King Dons or uh, Ho Hos or any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, on the same locations that you can get the M and M's. Yeah. They're now called Pop Cakes. Pop Cakes. Okay, they're Pop Cakes. Also, there is a, a copycat of uh, the uh, Half Moons. That were the copycat of Twinkies, yeah. But these are the copycats now from Hostess of the Half Moons, and they're called Hoopies. Huh? Yeah. So there you go. And that's all I've got to say on that matter. Oh, Please, that's... back to you. And what's the surprise? What's the surprise? Well, imagine my shock and delight last week on Friday, just after we'd recorded the episode the night before. I opened up our mailbox here at home, and I discovered a package sent to us from Australia. Ooh. From our friend McElliot. Okay, it may it may have spiders in it. Be it careful. doesn't. It does not have any spiders. But I've opened it up here, and inside it, oh, oh, inside is a book for us called Holy Shit. It basically, yeah. it, there's an asterisk in the shit. Okay. The world's weirdest comic books. Oh. By Paul Gravett and Peter Stanbury. Huh. Lovely. Very nice. And then inside, there's a. A Tintin card. So I'm going to keep this card. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But he says, Hey, Ian and David. Thanks for another amazing year of Sneaky Dragon Podcasts. It's very cool that you've kept the show going every week despite lockdown. I found this book in a thrift store and thought of you guys. I wonder how many of these comics you've read. Keep sneaking, Mick Elliott. Well, thank you very much, Mick. And I will, nice. I will read this and I will get it to, to Ian. As time and situation permits. And then we will discuss some of these bizarre comic books. And then also in the bag are oh. some Christmas stocking Australian chocolates. Oh my gosh. Well, now we're talking. Okay. So we got some nice stuff in here. I can't see all of it because it's kind of tucked together, but so, yeah. Oop, one is the one we have here, a crunchy bar. Crunchy bar. That's all right. But it has flakes. A marshmallow nice. Santa, a twirl. Oh, bless, man. Thank That's beautiful. You. So sweet. So there's two of those. So I'm going to keep one for myself, of course. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I probably won't tell my family about it. <laughs> and uh, and I'll give one to you. So for sure, I'm going to drop off this book for you. Lovely. And I'm going to have to get you this chocolate. So sometime this week, I will give you send you a message saying, I am dropping by. I see. I see. I'm looking up the cover here. And they got on the cover, uh, Amputee Love, Leather Man. Okay, yeah. Oh, Leather, leather Nun. Le yeah, no, Leather Nun. Leather Whoops, nun. just knocked over are. a bottle. Just knocked over a bottle. Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The wow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, all right. Then uh, when you look inside, all... yeah, I mean, they're not they're not ones we've never heard of. Like, there's um, Herbie. There's some, Spire, there's some Spire comics in there. Herbie. Uh, my friend Dahmer is in here. Hansi, the girl who loved the swastika. <laughs> That's a uh, that's I don't know if that's an Al Hartley, but I think that is uh, from uh, that's a Spire uh, comic. Okay, she learns her lesson or something. I, I certainly hope so. I never really made it. I never really read it. There's one in the here only... that's 
It's got a weird title. I can't quite see it. It's... It, I can't see the title of it, but then it says... Uh, something lesbian unicorn issue. Oh, I guess it's oh. e Eros, maybe. Oh, okay. Is, is that a Roberta Gregory one? I don't know. I'll flip through it and see if I can find it. Like some of these I have. Like I have Binky Brown meets the Holy, meets the Ho uh, Holy Virgin Mary. That's a great autobiography strip. Is this um, is this is that comic uh, Genus that you're looking at there with? The, yes, uh, that's right, Genus. Okay, then that is not a that is not a Roberta Gregory. Special extra large, lesbian unicorn issue. So well, yeah, uh, you got to be a little bit uh, larger if you're going to be the lesbian <laughs> unicorn issue. Well, I, I suppose they can only touch each other if they're virgins, just by the laws of uh, unicorns. It, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, not too sure what's going on here, but that's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Actually, well, uh, this is going to be this is going to be eye opening. And, <laughs> uh, maybe we'll just develop some interests uh, from these comics that uh, maybe we don't want to develop, but we'll see how it goes. We may be very have a very different year this year. After we've read these comics, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for uh, for uh, uh, tuning in. I believe I'm hosting this one, so I think this is me starting to wrap things up. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm not listening. I'm, I'm reading the book now. And if you want to contact us, here's how you do it. You can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. <laughs> you can go to uh, sneakydragon.com, the website, and underneath every episode is a message board. Uh, reaches there, of course, Facebook, you know how to go about that. Enter the name. There it is. Boom. Uh, if you're going to Twitter, we are on there at sneaky underscore dragon and Tumblr, uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Uh, what do we do when we're not doing this? Let me tell you. Uh, we got a couple other things, and then I'll plug uh, Dave's podcast. Um, we do a book, as we said, called Sparks, and it is now a series of books. Uh, there's Sparks and Sparks Double Dog Bear, they are available in your local bookstore. Uh, we also have Extra Sisters, that is a comic I do with a Giselle uh, a Legacy, and uh, there are two volumes of that as well, also in your local uh, bookstores. They are two sisters, or are they, that help people who have sold their souls to the devil. Uh, so go and check that out if you feel like doing that. Uh, if it's any also, sorry, if it's any recommendation, uh, Mary loved those, loved the books. So. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to now recommend something Mary uh, is uh, doing. <laughs> she does a podcast with her father. You might know from such podcasts as Sneaky Dragon. What? And that is the Sneaky Dragon listening party where the two of them get together and basically uh, play some songs and talk about some songs. And it is uh, it is damned entertaining. And that also has a real kicking message board. So check out the message board. People talking about the songs. Uh, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, go check that out. All of our back catalog is available for free on the Sneaky Dragon site. Just click on the podcast and you can uh, listen to completely Beatles. We go over every Beatles song ever done, totally Tintin. Every Tintin story done at full Marks uh, and where every Marks Brothers film. And we also did a uh, show that we will be getting back to at some point called Fansplainers, where we do deep dives on movies. So I look forward. I look forward to that day. Yeah, uh, there you go. And we may be, uh, let's just say. Uh, going back to one of our older podcasts and doing a bonus episode when a certain something comes out that is relevant. To I that. am so excited. So there we go. Uh, lots of stuff happening, uh, and we appreciate the time that you spend with us uh, on this show as well. Uh, we do have a Patreon um, account. 
So that means if you feel like throwing us a couple of bucks, you are welcome to do so. And if you don't, it's okay. Times are tough. Uh, but the way <laughs> yes. to do that is either to click on the Patreon logo on our uh, webpage or go to patreon.com slash dragon. Either way, uh, we appreciate it. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode. We're going to ask you to stay healthy. We are going to ask you to stay well uh, and because uh, uh, we, uh, we we like you. We think you're, we think you're good people. And hey, some of you sent us chocolate. So that's especially great. <laughs> yes. We, yes. Uh, you know, and let me say this. Mm-hmm. That's a fella uh, who's a wonderful author. Do we mention his, uh, his books? Yes, Squidge Dibley. Yeah, Squidge Dibley, Squidge Dibley series. Please yep. uh, check, check those out. And he sent these chocolates to us from Australia. Yeah. I'm just saying to all you other countries out there, <laughs> are you going to let an Australian beat you at sending us chocolate yeah. from your country? Yeah. Don't even, like, come on. Do you, is that what you want to do? Like, nothing against Australians. Some, literally, some of my best friends are Australians. But are you going to let another country show you up like this and not send us a box of chocolate? Yeah. Are you not oh. proud of the, the chocolate in your own country? Yeah. Are you, not, are you embarrassed? Are you, not are you embarrassed by the, the chocolate in your country? If you, if you go to our website, you'll be able to find at some point our mailing address. Or just write us and we'll uh, tell you our mailing address and then you can send us chocolate. Yes. And then on the episode, we'll go, hey, thanks for the chocolate. Mm-hmm. It, all works out, it all works out perfectly. That's right. It uh, goes like this. Hey, Mick, thanks for the chocolate. There you go. First you get the chocolate, then you get the power, and then you get... Uh, more chocolate. <laughs> that's that's the Chicago way. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, we'll also accept Hostess uh, cake products from your land. That is also fine. Typical podcaster. Have... He brought an O. Henry to a sweet Marie. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I've been Ian. I've been David. This has been Sneaky Dragon. Bye.